So it is uh, Thanksgiving time here and uh, in, in the States, and so we just celebrated that. We recorded these on Sunday, so this was uh, came out, you know, we recorded this a few days ago from when you're listening to this, and uh, we had a pretty good one. We had low-key low Thanksgiving over here, just had my in-laws over, and uh, and my wife and I cooked dinner and stuff. We got, uh, we got barbecue, we got, uh, like, uh, uh, smoked turkey and brisket as, uh, as our meats, and then we made our sides, so it was pretty easy. But um, along with that, we also try to get some snacks. And uh, and I'm curious for you guys, what kind of snacks you have out for Thanksgiving when you have people over or where you're going? Uh, because I tried a new thing. I'm trying to branch out a little bit lately, okay? I'm a picky eater. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of things just don't appeal to me, and I'm like, especially the things you have to work at, you know? Like, uh, I like opening a, a package and get some Oreos out. But if I if I did like peel those Oreos out of a shell, I'd probably give up. You know, with a lot of work. <laughs> but I've learned that pistachios are quite delicious. Wow! Just now, the first time you've ever had pistachios. Was oh this my weekend. god! Holy <laughs> Guess shit! Guess what? They're great. Uh, yes, little, salty yeah. little sweets, uh, little good snacks, and I really liked it. So, uh, yeah, I was curious. Uh, I suppose, uh, have you guys had pistachios, <laughs> Daniel? <laughs> I honestly don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know that yeah, I've ever, what? like, knowingly yes. ate a pistachio. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I'm not alone. I like that. They're good. You should try them. Okay, I'll do yeah. it. That's what yeah. I'll put out there. Wow. Wow. Steven. What about you, Brent? This seems like a Brent thing to eat. Close to four decades <laughs> for you uh, to to try this. So, uh, yeah. Daniel, I guess you've got time, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just <laughs> put it on your calendar. Buy several calendars and put it on one of them in the future. Uh, but yeah, I fucking love pistachios. They're, there you uh, go. F- number one, a great color, great shade of green. Mm-hmm. You know, it's wonderful. Uh, and then yeah, they're they're super delicious. Uh, they have like a uh, like a I'll just say it. They have a nutty flavor to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just can't be can't be beat. Uh, there's a reason there's a premium for them. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're buying a bag of them, it's just uh, they're they're pricey, but they're they're very very good. And I like to. Uh, uh, like with sunflower seeds, I like to throw the whole shell mm-hmm. in my mouth and crack that bad boy open. You know, I'm like trying to do some like math. Right. Like if I'm eating sunflower seeds or any type of shelled item like that, just like I can't have any other task to do really mm-hmm. because I'm like, it's like I look like I'm trying to do long division in my head. Right. And I'm just like trying to like make my uh, my tongue uh, do the work of uh, extracting that little nut out of that shell, you know, but uh <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm I'm told I'm not allowed to operate heavy machinery, so I had to uh, sell my forklift. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you saved but, up uh, for that. That sucks. I really did, and then somebody gave me a bag of pistachios. And I'm like, well, fuck, one of these got to go. You know, so <laughs> they cost the same though. <laughs> they did. It's yeah, pretty amazing. Man, I would hate to get rid of my <laughs> forklift. It comes in handy. It really does. You don't you don't realize how often you use it until you don't have one. That's the problem. I need it to lift my Blu-ray collection to move it from oh, place that's... to place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You've that got those pallets stacked true. up. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% believe that because uh, there's quite a lot there. Because, um, yeah, I uh, I don't have a big Blu-ray collection. I have a I have a single shelf. But, uh, Daniel, I've been watching your YouTube videos and uh, lusting after the physical media that you surround yourself with so uh, which is in the background now of your little video so uh clearly a lot there forklift definitely needed i can see that for sure it's a must really i mean i that's what i told my wife i was like this is an investment i'm investing in a forklift so i can then (laughs) invest in more blu-rays and she was very on board 
<laughs> We're getting yeah. divorced next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the forklift is where she called it. She can't do that. She's anymore. like, this is great for you, but I'm yeah. leaving. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. That would be funny if she left on the forklift. She was just like <laughs> backing it out of the driveway. You hear yeah, that I beeping. Sold, I sold the like, forklift to her. <laughs> oh my god that's amazing well uh yeah so from pistachios to forklifts uh i think we all had a great thanksgiving and well Stephen, to to answer your question like i don't really have snacks leading up to thanksgiving okay. because i know it's going to be just a shitload of food i'm, I'm mm-hmm. gonna stuff food in a cornucopia and then shove that cornucopia right up my ass at right, a certain right, right. point, right? So I try not to snack ahead of time. Sure, they're like cookies, like sitting out or whatever. But I've I've been trying to back off from it because I just know I'm going to gorge myself later. Um, so I don't really so uh, snack too much ahead of ahead so you, of time. Daniel, do you? Yeah, I'm curious I, for how this works for people. You know, I am usually more of a fasting person before Thanksgiving, um, and I don't I don't have any Thanksgiving snack traditions. But this last Thanksgiving, mm. my mother in law did put out. Uh, some spinach dip and some diced up Ooh. French bread, and that was delightful. So I did, I did that a good for bit you. of snacking before the meal this year. I mean, that sounds. Deli- mm-hmm. I've never heard of that for a Thanksgiving thing, but it's like I, I, I feel I like I'm either. warming she just up. Put it out, right? And now you're like, no, I need this next year, man. <laughs> exactly. Chose <laughs> for more spinach dip. Uh, I I'm a grazer. I'm a snacker. Whenever I go, you know, to someone's house or like we had we had at our place and we had a little snacks out. Uh, I, I did find because I was cooking a lot of it. Uh, Amanda's my wife's mom helped me with uh, with some, too. But uh, I did find that um, like a lot of times when you snack on anything, I wasn't quite as hungry as I wanted to be when actually the, the meal rolled around. But uh, I had had some. Uh, some digestive biscuits from England. We gotten those special from World Market. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Wait, what? You know what a digestive biscuit is? <laughs> so I, I can't get you to eat a goddamn hamburger, but you're over here eating digestive biscuits just, it's just casually. A cookie man. This is like it's a chocolate. I feel cookie. like this is some kind of dog treat why, that you've stumbled upon. Why would they come up with such an unappetizing name for a chocolate cookie? <laughs> This is what I'm saying. Does it say Purina on this biscuit, Stephen? You gotta level with me. I'll go get the package. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It says right here. He's yeah, got it right well, it there. Says, with him. It says. Yeah. <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> it says for dogs and people, though. Yeah. So that's well, fine. I guess you. I guess the the yeah. good thing is you won't have heartworms anymore, so we should look forward to that. I'm, I'm appreciative. I, as well, so yeah, of course. I give thanks for for that. So no more no more worms for you. Yeah, I'm really I'm really happy with it. But guys, uh-huh. you should get any of these digestive biscuits. They're really good. <laughs> it's just like a, a thin cookie with chocolate on one side. You can dip them in tea, which I don't do because that's just gross brown water. But uh, they're they're nice mm-hmm. to eat. My we got them because my my wife's mom used to live in England when she was a kid, like she was like a teenager there. So it's like her favorite cookie. And then we were discussing how uh, all the rest of the food in, in England is just like bland. But these are pretty good, and they are. And I would suggest them, even though they have a terrible name. <laughs> I do have a friend going over to that area soon, so I'm going to have to hey. have him ship me some digestive biscuits. <laughs> Find mm-hmm. out, yeah. You can do that and prawn cocktail flavored chips, and you get yourselves a good time right there. You know. Wait, what? What cocktail flavored <laughs> chips? Prawn, prawn, prawn cocktail, like like uh, prawn, like a uh, shrimp. 
Oh, yeah. wow. P-R-A-W-N. Shrimp cocktail chips. So we were uh, we were in Italy earlier this year, and I flew back through Heathrow in, in England. So uh, I when I was there, uh, I stopped and got some stuff. I have a buddy from England that lives in the States now, and so I, I texted him. I was like, hey, what's the good stuff, you know? And uh, I found these these prawn cocktail flavored Pringles, which he was like, absolutely, those are amazing. And uh, and I got them, and I'm I'm surprised that I liked them. I'm not a huge seafood guy, but shrimp is like the only seafood I eat. I don't think that that sounds like good for a flavor, but it's more of like um, it's more like cocktail sauce. It's like tangy, okay, ketchupy sort of you know that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I would uh, recommend your friend, your friend I guess send you prawn cocktail chips. <laughs> And that just I'm intrigued. Look, I do love shrimp. That place actually. is crazy. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah, it might really work for you. They're, yeah, they're maybe surprisingly good. There's something about the word digestive being in the title <laughs> of the food that's really just unnecessary. Like we all know what happens to food when we ingest it, right? Like it's just. But you don't need to. You might as well just call it uh, shit wafers. You know, oh. just like have these shit wafers <laughs> that you know what it's going to be. You know how it's going to work. It's going to come through. It's going to scoop up everything else that's in your guts. Mm-hmm. It might come out of you like a laser. Like if a, a waterfall could also be a laser, that's how it's coming out. So oh, wow. Water- enjoy that. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Enjoy the Thanksgiving parade, bitch. Wow. We really got a, it really went there today. Who knew, man? Um, uh-huh. But yep. I'm, so, I'm glad that I've uh, enlightened both of you to these, these fine culinary treats. And, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe in the future, uh, your Thanksgiving households will also have prawn cocktail flavored chips <laughs> and digestive biscuits. You are biscuits. very well cultured, sir. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And on that note, I'm going to say we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. And joining us today, we've got a guest a long time coming, you know. He's he's tried to break his own life to get away from being on this podcast before. <laughs> Daniel Epler. <laughs> From the Cobwebs podcast and YouTube channel, Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, fellas? Thank you very much. So glad you're here, of man. Course. I uh, absolutely. As I mentioned a little bit in the outtakes uh, that people can listen to, but um, you, I, I was curious, Daniel, with your your history with this. Uh, I don't even remember when I heard of you. Uh, I think we found each other through the Terror Table podcast uh, through Mitch and Boozy. Uh, we were fans of theirs and became friends with them, and uh, you as well. I think we're a listener of theirs. Is that is that right? Yeah, I've been a listener for a long time. I honestly have no idea how I found them. I've tried to remember Ooh. many times, and I don't know. Awesome. Uh, very long time ago, though, I've been listening to them for a long time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're great guys over there. And uh, and we've talked, Brent and I, that us starting this podcast, we have connected with so many other great podcasters out there and uh, made a lot of great friends. And uh, over time, I, I found you. I Have you been on their show? Maybe that's how I f- heard of you first. Were you a guest on theirs before? I've actually been uh, I've been a guest many times. Uh, Mitch Perfect. says that I'm I'm DTP, which is down to pod. So anytime he's like <laughs> short a guest, he just kind of calls me up and I hop on. And usually I don't have appendicitis and, and I can come on right when he needs me. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, that was kind of rude, but um, it was rude of your body, not of you. So uh, I hope you're feeling better, though, man. I am. Yeah, it was a slower recovery than I thought. But I seem yeah. to be I seem to be on the other side now. Things seem to be good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. For the the listeners, um, like when you're putting a podcast together and you don't have like a like podcasting is not your main job or whatever. Right. You, you got to do your own guest booking and, and coordinating and all that stuff. And we had intended to have you on earlier in the year. But like Stephen alluded to, you had uh, uh, your appendix taken out and uh, had some major surgery 
and we rescheduled. But you were willing to come on like fairly (laughs) soon after (laughs) your surgery. And we were like... Maybe let's just let's just wait. <laughs> just wait. You're so you're so gracious with the time. Like yeah, let's let's do it. I I can only imagine the number of digestive biscuits coursing mm. through your veins at that <laughs> right, point. Right. But uh, yeah, we we appreciate you taking the time uh, to speak with us today. So uh, thank you again for for coming on. Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we I've I've uh, been a long time listener of the Terror Table as well, and I've heard you on. Uh, that show, then I followed you over to your show, and I've heard uh, uh, Mitch and other people uh, guest on that podcast. And uh, I just, you know, Stephen and I, we we dig your whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't that that's very clunky. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we dig it. We dig your whole thing. My whole thing appreciates being dug. <laughs> I really ran out of steam. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I'm actually not a even though we have this podcast. Uh, I'm not a big podcast listener anymore. I used to really be, uh, depending on the job I have and what I'm able to listen to. So where I can, I listen to uh, our friends' podcasts and some other ones that, that I know. But um, in general, I, I'm much more of a YouTube guy. So when you started your YouTube channel, that's when I really started following your stuff. And, uh, man, I got to say, it is delightful. I, uh, As I mentioned earlier, or maybe in the outtakes, uh, I don't have a lot of Blu-rays. I have a, a small shelf. You've got tons of them, which is awesome. Um, I'm... Brent and I got really into the streaming stuff uh, over the years as that became more and more prevalent. But uh, as I, I was watching one of your videos today about you blind buying Blu-rays and uh, you were talking about how not everything is available on streaming and um, especially they get taken on and off and you don't know where you have to follow them around and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's been really cool to, to see your collection and, and see your YouTube channel grow. And uh, it is it's fun to watch you, man. So uh, I'm glad you have it on there and makes me feel like, should we be on YouTube? I don't know. This seems like a better avenue for me to listen and watch. So it's it's been great, though, man. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've been doing the podcast since 2019. And uh, and I definitely I gained an audience, which I'm very thankful for. But the audience stayed stagnant for a really long time. And I just kind of felt mm-hmm. like, I don't know, uh, people like to brag a lot like, uh, oh, I don't care about numbers. I don't do this for numbers. And like, that's kind of true. But like, eventually you want to feel like you're I don't know, doing something, going somewhere. And I just wasn't feeling like that with the podcast. And I still do the podcast sometimes, but not as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I started getting into YouTube and it, it, it's been much more successful. Like it's been working out much, much better. Um, And I really enjoy doing it. And it kind of also works out with like, like I just recently had, um, I've had a lot of life changes lately. I I recently had a a baby. My wife and I had our our first son. Congrats. Thank you. And YouTube is easier uh, because, like, I can do it whenever I have a free moment. Um, Because whenever I have a podcast, I give, like, uh, my wife days notice. And I'm like, okay, at this time, like, I'm not going to be available to help with the kid for, like, two hours. So, like, just so you know. And she's very gracious. Like, you know, she's all good with it. But YouTube is is easier because I can just hop over to it at any time. And um, so that's nice. So it's. It's been yeah, working yeah. out, and I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I, I really appreciate the really appreciate you digging the digging the whole thing. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> the whole thing. Do you ever have issues with uh, like eight year olds roasting you in the comments? <laughs> I don't know if they're eight, but I absolutely absolutely have issues getting roasted in the comments. Um, for most of my videos, it's just kind of it's mostly like my core audience that watches, and that's all great. But I periodically do kind of these big ranking list videos where I'll do like top 10 Mm. this or top 15 this. And that's the most successful thing I do. Those get the most views. And those videos I usually Mm -hmm. get roasted. None worse (laughs) than this video has become like the bane of my existence is my I did a video (laughs) on my top 15 werewolf movies. 
Um, oh, yeah. oh, we love werewolves. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. werewolves too. And I, I always kind of fancied myself like fairly knowledgeable about werewolf movies. Um, but man, <laughs> people are mad. They are mad about my list. And <laughs> pure, in particular, there's a little werewolf movie called Dog Soldiers. Have you guys heard of this? Mm, heard of it never seen Sounds it familiar yeah I, i've seen it i'm not a big fan of it it's it's pretty popular mm-hmm. i know a lot of people it like is. it i i think it's okay and it didn't make my list and man people are furious <laughs> like people are i almost like every day i get a comment from someone mad at me about dog soldiers and it's sometimes i feel like i regret posting that video but it is mostly like I have a lot more likes than dislikes and there are a lot of nice comments. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels like I've made the world a worse place by putting that video out. And <laughs> leaving out dogs. <laughs> I got it's a comment from one guy. Is. I have to tell this. He was so mad and he said, you are not a true werewolf connoisseur. Wow. And I'm like, werewolf connoisseur, do you hear yourself? Like, how st- how stupid can you possibly sound? Oh my god! Yeah. Well, that that very well might be the the episode title. So, um, <laughs> yeah. if I can figure out how to spell it, I I do oh love that god. though because it, it is a hard thing. This it's probably why we're not on YouTube. Like the comment sections are notoriously bad. Uh, we generally mm-hmm. feel like we don't really want to be on camera. Like we we record these. Uh, you know, we see each other as we're recording it, but we just put out the audio right now. Uh, even when I've thought about going on YouTube, it wasn't really so much to put our videos on there, but um, and our podcast feed, we're able to like throw photos on there when we talk about something now. And I figured that it could be similar to that, you know, just like a audio file moving around and then you could sort of throw pictures up or whatever. But um, I love that you've transitioned into that uh, despite the haters out there, because uh, it's super fun to put that out in the world. Like it's so funny about the haters and the, the shitty people out there making those comments is that you are doing a great thing. Just try to share something you love. <laughs> Right. And then these fuckers come out of the woodwork and, uh, and do that. But uh, stay strong, man. Uh, I love that you put that video <laughs> out there. Uh, I love werewolf movies. And uh, I don't remember watching that one in particular, that, that episode. Um, I watch them when they kind of pop up here and there. But uh, but I would go check that out. And um, anyway, I'm just trying to say that I, I'm sorry for my dad for uh, making those comments to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your dad is He's a, a true werewolf connoisseur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe an actual werewolf. I don't know. He might be, be an actual werewolf. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe it. Well, uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, definitely go check it out. So it's it's Cobwebs. Is it just Cobwebs channel on YouTube? Yeah, it's called what the Cobwebs called? channel because um, right I, on, I also right have the Cobwebs podcast and I wasn't very creative when I set it up. So it's the Cobwebs <laughs> channel. Sometimes I kind of How'd regret that and the... I wish I came up with yeah. something better. But oh, well, it's, it is what it is at this point. It's oh. consistent. Yeah, it true. is consistent. Yeah. It's it on is brand. It is more. It is better than um, just a simple "let's talk about stuff," which I regret a lot, just because it sounds so generic to me now. But uh, you grow to love it, and like now we have like Altas, like we call the things, whatever. And uh, I'm curious, where did you come up with the, the Cobwebs name in the first place for that? So the the first thing that I did under the Cobwebs name uh, was the first version of my podcast, which was just about like old gothic horror. So I, I hmm. started a podcast specifically to talk about like Hammer movies in particular and Universal mm-hmm. monsters and such, because I felt like while there's a lot of horror talk on the Internet, there's not as much talk about that kind of stuff. Um, right. So I was kind of racking my brain for a name and I came up with Cobwebs because uh, you know, when people describe those kind of movies, they'll say, oh, it has castles and coffins and cobwebs. It's kind of like a, it's mm-hmm. a visual motif of the gothic genre. And I thought, well, like web, it's on the Internet webs. Totally. So, and it also just kind of describes <laughs> like things that are old and 
uh, not as loved and need like dusted off and such. So yeah, I went with that, like that and it was called Cobwebs colon a gothic cinema podcast. And then I eventually mm-hmm. changed it to the Cobwebs podcast because I wanted to be less restricted by gothic stuff. Um, sure. And it stuck. And I I don't regret calling the channel like Cobwebs. I just kind of wish I came up with something better in the Cobwebs channel. But um, I love mm. the name Cobwebs. Like at this point, it just feels like it's it's a oh, part it's rad. of me at this point. You know, like I don't think I'll ever part with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Was there ever a point where you realize that you are releasing an episode on April 1st and as an April Fool's Day prank, you discuss albums by MC Hammer instead of Hammer Films? Yes. <laughs> I did okay. exactly that. Just wanted to make sure. It didn't work okay. out very well, though, because I've never listened to an MC Hammer album. So it was, you know, not, oh, yeah. not a lot of substance there. But, you know, <laughs> right. the gag is the gag worked. Yeah, uh, we take April Fool's Day very seriously mm-hmm. here at Let's Talk About Stuff. We, uh, we always celebrate day. by releasing something. Uh, it's a very, very important holiday. Underrated, some might say. Mm-hmm. Right up there with Arbor Day. You know what? Go out there. Uh, look at a tree, you know? Yeah. Six, seven hours of your time. Just look at a tree. Just appreciate it. You know, actually, you know, as I get older, the more I'm like, man, I just like love trees and like we'll be yeah, like yeah. somewhere. And I'll say to my wife, like, that is such a cool tree. And she's like, you are so weird. Why are you like this now? This is not the man I'm married. Yeah. Any like variation of a tree that that's different than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. If it has like a curvy trunk or whatever, I'm like, wow, nature is wild. I can't, I can't believe what I'm seeing. You're probably joking, but that that's actually no, true. no, yeah, this this is literally me. I was like, I can't even believe this. This is, this is strange. There's a, a park near my house where if you go back over this bridge into this wooded area, there are these trees that like have a spiral trunk that like go down, dip enough to just like barely like kiss the ground and then shoot back up mm. i was like this, this wh- that guy's crazy I, this, why, why would why does this even make sense i'm glad it's here it's so interesting <laughs> to look at you know i totally agree my brother who's just a couple years younger than me has now started getting into bird watching and i'm not quite there but i guess i'm a tree watcher ask. at this point yeah amazing what happens as you get older that's the next step <laughs> i feel like bird watching is in my future but i'm much more attuned to the tree watching like you fellas so far mm-hmm. uh because i can i can get into that but birds i mean they're just there you know so mm-hmm. well the, the the difficult thing about tree watching is like making sure you don't scare it you don't want a tree mm-hmm. to just like take off you know you, you have to make sure you don't spook a tree that's right do not spook a tree have you ever had a tree purposefully fall on you it's not pleasant hey no, right? that yeah. sounds dangerous the, yeah the trees don't yell timber they're just like nope. shit and then they, <laughs> they they drop that elbow on you they come off the turnbuckle <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Brent, I don't know if you have, I, I tried to look at my notes. I, I couldn't find the actual list, but, uh, a while ago, mm-hmm. uh, a good friend of our, our, of our show and, and a friend of ours in real life, Liz had come up with a, a small questionnaire to get to know new guests, uh, when, when she started on the show. So I know a few of those questions, uh, Brent might be able to pull some of them up, but, uh, a, a quick little questionnaire to get to know you for us and the listeners though. Yes. Yes. This is the Let me make sure I get this right. Uh The Liz Wilson get to know me via pop culture questionnaire, which has been shortened to the Liz list. So I don't have to say all of that every time. So it's a good thing. I made that (laughs) amendment. So uh, question the first. Do you have a favorite Avenger? Oh, gosh, it's bounced around. Like, I I think for a while it was Thor. 
Um, okay. But then Thor Love and Thunder came out. And not only did I hate that movie, but I specifically hated Thor in it and hate what's be happening oh, okay. to that character. So I don't know that it is I Thor seen it anymore. Yet. It's I, I, I'm a Marvel fan. I, I'm not like too good mm-hmm. for Marvel movies like a lot of people out there these days. Um, but I did hate Thank that you. movie. It, <laughs> I've heard bad things. It might be Captain America at this point. I do really, really love Cap. I'm going to say Cap mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. a good one. Good call. All right. We like that one. Steven likes that one especially because, you know, that character's name is also Steve. So that yeah, is true. It helps. You know, it's, it's right there. It's right there. Um, do you have a favorite Jedi? Luke Skywalker. And yeah, I am right a to it. diehard Star Deep Wars cut. fan. That's my favorite oh, uh, awesome. franchise. So, yeah, and Luke is my boy for sure. Hell yeah. Oh. Do you think it's weird that George Lucas named his lead hero character Luke? Lucas to Luke? You ever think about that? I think that's fucked up. I don't know about <laughs> fucked up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he was like, I'm going to kind of name a character after myself, and I respect that. I mean, Luke would probably be, be named Brent if you made up Star Wars, right? Mm. Isn't that true? Uh, he would have been like Hib Vader, I think. <laughs> that, oh. that would have tracked more with me. Just because you're on the dark side, though. I think I turned my mic off. <laughs> uh, okay, Daniel, do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle? I, I I didn't grow up with Ninja Turtles, honestly. I don't know why, mm. but I never followed them or anything. I've come to kind of like Ninja Turtles as an adult. Like, I do like the 90s movie. I think it's fun. I actually think those Michael Bay produced ones aren't bad. Um, and mm. I want to see the new one. I haven't seen it yet. But um, mm-hmm. I think probably Leonardo, because usually when I'm in a friend group, I, I just kind of take over and take charge um probably because i'm an oldest child and that's what i'm used to so i think i relate to leonardo the most <laughs> that's great that's steven's favorite yeah, as well absolutely okay cool man you guys are like real peas in a pod here mm-hmm. um do you have a favorite spider-man actor oh toby 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 mcguire oh wow yeah, okay i those sam raimi Tobey mcguire movies mean so much to me they meant the world mm. to me when they were coming out as when i was a kid because i was i was nine um mm. when the first spider-man came out Perfect and age. i remember seeing a commercial for it on tv and i wanted to see it so bad but i remember being crushed when i saw it was pg-13 because i'm like oh mom mm. and dad aren't gonna let me see that and then i remember dad came home from work one day and he's like hey i really want to take you and jake my brother uh to that new spider-man movie and like i couldn't have been more excited um Hell and yeah. i love those movies so much to this day my favorite superhero movies are spider-man one and two and i mm-hmm. i love toby mcguire so much i think he's perfect in that movie what How about- do you feel about three <laughs> Yeah, I I bounce back and forth on it because like I've seen it many times when I when it first came out, it was a big disappointment. I've had rewatches where I'm like, you know what? This isn't that bad. Like there's good stuff in there. And I I still think so. And sometimes I rewatch it and I'm like, oh, man, this is really rough. Ultimately, like it's a movie of there's some really good stuff. There's some really bad stuff. But I I would rather watch it than either Andrew Garfield movie any day. Mm. I'll say that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And then who is your favorite Batman actor? And who is your favorite Bruce Wayne actor? I'm always kind of confused by the the separation that people always put with that because I'm like, hmm. I don't know. I think they're one and the same to me. I, for both, Fair it's enough. Michael Keaton. Keaton's my favorite. Um, Hell yeah. When, I mean, when I, I definitely grew up on Batman and Batman Returns, like uh, those men a lot to me when I was a kid, too. When Batman Begins came out, I kind of felt like it was the Batman movie I always wanted and never had because it actually mm. focuses on Batman and the, the two Michael Keaton movies don't as much. 
But to this day, still my, my favorite Batman movies to watch are the Keaton ones, and I, I love him. But I still haven't seen The Flash, so I don't know if I'm like a oh, fake okay. Keaton fan, actually. It's great. You'll love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Keaton parts is the only reason to watch that movie, and I yeah. I still think about those parts. And it was lovely to see him back in the cowl again, so... If you've ever wanted to see Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne beat someone's ass wearing one flip-flop, The Flash is the movie for you. Wow, interesting. <laughs> I put it on mm-hmm. once because when it hit, it hit HBO Max while I was recovering right. from appendicitis, and it was just so loud and bombastic, and the jokes <laughs> were so like wild that I was like, I'm not in the mood. Like I'm too tired, right. and I turned it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like I, I know I was just shitting on it, but really, I thought... It, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I heard some good things, oh, and I do plan to watch yeah. it. The The visual effects are wild, mm. but, I mean, it's just, it's like a train wreck in that, like, I couldn't take my eyes off of it, you know? And then, like, there's some heart to it, even though I don't uh, like Ezra Miller as a person. Uh, the movie itself was, like unfortunately, d- uh, enjoyable to me. You know? <laughs> unfortunately, enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't care about the Ezra Miller stuff. Um, like, I know our friend Mitch loves to, like, keep track of bad things that all celebrities have done. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, worn out by all that. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. care. You know, I just watch movies. I, I hear you there. It's probably the better route, just because uh, a lot of the celebrity shit is just shit. It's just gossip and whatever. And so, uh, yeah. it seems... Yeah, and th- but I like to also like I I can separate the the art from the artist and um and sometimes it's it's hard like we'll do that on the show and it feels like we're we take time just to mention something because you have to but it's like at the end of the day I just want to talk about this movie and I really don't care yeah. about this person in, in general um so yeah I'm, I kind of like that because yeah you can just skirt past that and just enjoy the things you want to enjoy and you know yeah and Stephen you listen to remix to ignition every day yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. without it without issue yeah you're like R Kelly. I mean, let's, let's let's hear him out. What's his side of the story? You know, <laughs> you know, there's there's varying levels. <laughs> like if okay, example, like if it's not going to happen because he's in prison. But if like Harvey Weinstein produced a new movie and put it out, and he's like, "This is my movie." I'm not going to go see that, you know, but will I watch mm-hmm. a movie that Harvey Weinstein produced in the 90s and like what's done right. is done? I can't do anything about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I literally just watched one like the other night and his name popped right. up in the credits and I was like, oh, OK. Mm hmm. Yeah, oh, well. but you can just do like a quick, you know, flip them off and then move about your day. You know, yeah, you watch exactly. that movie. I can still I support think... Nicole Kidman, who was the star right. of that movie. Uh, the others? It was the others because the Criterion yes. Blu-ray just came out. Man, that movie is good. <laughs> really, I haven't really seen good. it in a long time. I'm glad to hear you say that because I remember it being really creepy. Uh, I remember the trailer when it came out. And uh, two of the creepiest things in horror movies to me are little old ladies and little children. And there's a scene where a little old lady inhabits the child and she's like, hello, mommy. And I remember losing my fucking (laughs) shit over that. It's It's like one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. And I forgot about it. So when it popped up, because this I hadn't seen it many years either. When it popped up, I was like, whoa, it's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. How many digestive biscuits were offered in that movie, Stephen? <laughs> so many. I, it's such back. a British movie. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it's like a British, like, I don't know, it has a good tone to it. It's got like a really, like, dark, I don't know, mysterious vibe. Uh, but I haven't seen it in the, since it came out, I guess. I've seen it probably twice during that era, but uh, that's cool. I'll have to check that one out again. But yeah, just for some reason that clicked. I was like, that's probably what he's watching. Yes. 
Yeah, we you did knew it. off the top of your head uh, that, that Harvey impressive. Weinstein yeah. produced that movie. <laughs> I was going through. I was like, I know all of Harvey's movies. Which one is this? You know. <laughs> Welcome to the Harvey Weinstein podcast, where we discuss Harvey Weinstein's filmography. <laughs> Steven has a quarterback <laughs> wristband of Harvey Weinstein produced films uh, that he, he can go to. That's how we found that movie so quickly. I would quickly. love to start this. This would be great for our April Fool's episode. You could have heard the Velcro like rip open yeah. on that. On that. Um, so I, I've got a couple of additional questions, and these are separate from the first questions that I asked. And I think there was like an addendum at a certain point. I don't remember if it was through Liz or if it was through one of our other friends. I, I want to say like Rachel Bookout, but I, I don't know. But uh, the next question is, do you have a favorite Power Ranger? No, I couldn't tell you the name of a single Power Ranger. I, I watched it very briefly mm-hmm. as a kid and liked it. And it mm-hmm. made like my brother and I just kind of run around fighting each other, pretending to be Power Rangers. And my mom and we were driving my mom insane. And she was like, OK, this show is making you violent. You can't watch it anymore. <laughs> so we couldn't watch it. I mean, eventually, if I tried, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure she would have let me. But I never tried to watch it again. And um, mm-hmm. I did see that very mainstream, the Elizabeth Banks movie. Mm. Um, which oh, was yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. I would have watched the sequel, but I don't remember any of the character names. Okay. Yeah, All fair right. enough. And then uh final question. Do you like true crime? No, I hate true crime. Um, oh, I, wow. I don't want to know about real horrible things people do. Like I... Mm-hmm. I, I never look into serial killer stuff, but I did one day just like read the Wikipedia page for Jeffrey Dahmer. And it was just like the <laughs> most horrific things I've ever read in my life. And I was like, nope, I'm not into this. And uh yeah, I like... I like ghost stories, like real, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote real, whatever you believe. I like hearing about ghost stories, um, but I don't like true crime. No. What about uh, movies that are based on the true crime? Is it different because it's the it's the movie you kind of focus on instead? Sometimes I'm not super interested in serial killers, to be honest. I mean, I love like mm-hmm. slasher killers like Michael Myers and, and Jason and such. Um, but like a movie about someone, you know, very methodically, you know, killing people and such. I mean, there's probably some examples that I kind of like, but it's not it's not a favorite thing of mine. I did watch Dexter for a little while back in the day. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to say that, then maybe. Yeah, fair enough. I like this questionnaire, Brand. Is that is that all the questions? This is good. That that was it. Yeah, that was Excellent. that was the end of it. So I feel like we know each other pretty well at this point, and by that I mean we know about you, Daniel. Uh, Stephen and I are a complete <laughs> mystery to you. Uh, but like I said, we are locating your address as we speak oh, yeah. so this this is being wiretapped <laughs> by the cia the fbi um what do they have overseas that's okay i'm used to the cia paying attention yeah. to everything it's fine <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i have my own fbi guy <laughs> i believe it because i don't know you that yeah. well so i believe that see yeah <laughs> yeah just picking up tips on where to get yeah. blu-rays it's like oh vintage sock okay better write this down <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. cool. i dig it i dig it but you get one free all right <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, all right. Well, did you want to go ahead and get into our main topic, Brent? Does that sound good? I think so. So today I, uh, I I pitched this idea to each of you individually, and it was like via text, I think, in both mm-hmm. cases. And it kind of didn't make sense, but I'm, I'm going to do my best to try to explain this verbally, which is 2023, uh, much like any year, is an anniversary year for a number of things. But I thought for pop culture, as I was going throughout my year i kept seeing these these articles about oh this is the x number of year anniversary for this pop culture thing and then mm-hmm. uh, for this one and this one and i was like oh wow this is kind of like a confluence of uh events for me in particular and i'm wondering if that happens 
to other people. So I kind of pitched this to each of you. I thought this would be a nice way to cross over with our podcast and your YouTube channel and podcast, Daniel, where uh, we kind of dig back in the crates a little bit to uh, discuss some older things that maybe are carried forward to the current year. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, 2023 being an anniversary year for various bits of pop culture that uh, uh, speak to each of us. Yeah. Or maybe we just have something to say about it. So um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Probably still doesn't make sense. That we're was, just going to fucking figure the shit out. No, that really helped, Brent. Um, I, I don't think I understood the assignment until literally just now, but uh, I'm good to roll with it. <laughs> good to roll with it. <laughs> no, I clarified with you the other day just to make sure I was on the right track, and I, I don't think I was. But uh, yeah, that was that was well said, and uh, I'm looking forward to this because we don't know what each other chose and uh, what anniversaries yeah. are lining up here, and I'm hoping to you know maybe find some new stuff, so this be fun. Well, d- do you guys want me to start first to uh, to give you an idea of kind of like... At yeah. least my approach to it. Yeah, like, there's cool. no hard rules, but, you know, if I don't like something, I will edit it right. fully out of the show. I, for sure. Yeah. So it's really just going to be me talking for a long time. People <laughs> love those episodes. <laughs> so uh, I do want to talk about 2023 being the 100th year anniversary of Walt Disney Studios. Mm. Uh, this was something that was founded back in 1923, uh, but they didn't have their first, like, I guess, canonical uh, release until uh 20 i'm sorry 1928 uh and i could have sworn that the very first like uh bit of media produced by walt disney studios was steamboat willie because that's the thing that we see everywhere it's at the beginning of every disney film we see mickey mouse's fucking ass with that little uh captain's hat in the the steering wheel or whatever uh and so i looked into it because i had never seen this short before even though i've seen that Mm. that clip one hundred thousand times and um so that was uh, disney's first cartoon with synchronized sound Mm. it was a major success upon its release in november of 1928 but it wasn't the first release by walt disney studios that was actually a couple of shorts that were released but they weren't picked up by distribution at that time and really, Steamboat Willie's success was based on the synchronized sound mm-hmm. and it catching on with audiences. And it really kind of like blew people away with that. So uh, the actual first release was Plain Crazy, hmm. uh, which was Mickey Mouse's first uh, appearance. And um, I was surprised to see that Minnie Mouse was there from the beginning as well. She was in that. She was in uh, the next movie, which would have been... Um, Something that I didn't write down, so that's great. It's really working out true for romance? me. True Romance? Was that the one they were in? No, it was like uh, the the Gallopin' Gaucho. Oh, I was close. That's what it was. I was close. But yeah, Minnie was there from the jump. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't realize. I thought maybe she, like, showed yeah, up later seems... on. But she was she was in those two. She was in Steamboat Willie. So, uh, yeah, it's her anniversary, too. But, um, yeah, I, I you know, Mickey Mouse, when he first debuted in Playing Crazy... In uh, May of 1928, he didn't have shoes. He didn't have gloves. Uh, so it's really just I like seeing these components of piecing together what this figure will be. And a lot of cartoon characters that would come after this, they all wore gloves. Primary reason for that is because it would be easier to delineate their hands from their body if their hands should pass over their body in a, a frame. Because a lot of the times it's just like a black mm. uh piece of art on top of another black piece of art and there's not like an outline of any sort they're just kind of fumbling their ways through it but i just think that's interesting to see 
Um, he didn't have shoes until Steamboat Willie, actually. And then... Because uh, you need shoes on a boat, right? Of course. Like, you can't... And then gloves for the rope? Yeah, because he was going to hang himself uh, <laughs> while jacking off. Uh, that's, oh, wow. Mickey's in his yeah, he's really, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's heavy into that. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like we've already got a butt-naked Mickey Mouse in this short, so we might as well go all the way. <laughs> he does have shorts. He had shorts you the know, whole time. Okay. They've said that that, but, uh, that Steamboat Willie version is the one that's like going to be mm-hmm. out of copyright soon that you could use. So we could make this yeah. version. We could make the the auto-asphyxiation autoerotic. <laughs> yeah. I was looking into this, and I did see that, yeah, January 1st of 2024, so literally just like oh, yeah. weeks away from it hitting Ooh. the public domain, that short will uh, will be available. But I guess you can't use that character necessarily. Like, you couldn't have a uh, Steamboat Willie Blood and Honey or whatever mm. because ah. it is still Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like somebody's going to find a way to use that. Maybe in, like, Blood and Honey 2, somebody's watching Steamboat right. Willie on TV or whatever, and they could get around it that, that way. That would be very exciting. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Superman is like just around the corner from that. Check out the Steamboat Willie Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse only exists because Walt Disney had his original creation, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, taken mm. by Universal. Like, he did some shorts for them in 1927. So, it wasn't officially named Walt Disney Studios at that time, mm. but it was a production put on by uh, those people. And, uh, yeah, Universal said, okay, we're just keeping this character. You made it for us, uh, so we're, we're keeping him. And that prompted Walt Disney to be like, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to make a character that looks almost like that, but a little bit different. And uh, Mickey took off from there. So I just thought that whole thing was interesting. I watched a uh, uh, short with Oswald the Lucky mm. Rabbit, and honestly, it doesn't look great. It just it looks a little bit like wobbly and like kind of unsure. Uh, I don't know what the uh, the budget was for it or the timeline for putting it together, but it it was a little bit like uh, clunky to see. And then, you know, watching uh, the various Mickey Mouse shorts that came after it, Mm. I could definitely see a um, a more of a uh, an artistic hand in the approach mm-hmm. to to those films. Um, Steamboat Willie's available on Disney+. Plus. The other two Mickey Mouse shorts I couldn't find on Disney+, Plus at all, but I found them on YouTube pretty easily, so I, I don't know what that's about. But uh, I, they haven't qu- quite hit the public domain mm. yet, but I think January 1st of 2024 is when those will be available. And uh, in addition to all that, um, my wife and I, last night we went to go see Wish, the newest Disney oh, yeah. animated movie. And, uh, you know, it's just like a, a fun time. I always have fun watching a, a Disney movie, especially when it gets toward wintertime. Uh, it, it's as close to a tradition as I get. Mm. And by that, I mean, this is the first time in like, I don't know, a decade that I've gone to see a Disney movie in like <laughs> November. But uh, but yeah, I had a good time with it. Uh, it's not, you know, anything that's going to blow anyone's socks off, but it's, uh, it's just something that, uh, you know, Disney was like a big part of my childhood growing up. So it uh, kind of spoke to me there and it reflects back on some previous uh disney animated movies um a little bit i was reading about the movie after the fact and there are characters in wish that uh are essentially ciphers for like the seven dwarves and you see a character Mm. that looks like peter pan and uh the general idea of it is that uh you know it's the the power of wishes and what that means to people and uh if you have your wish taken 
uh, it can leave a, a shell of a person because all of your hopes and dreams are are gone. So, uh, you know, it was enjoyable from there. <laughs> OK, that's cool. I, I hadn't actually heard time. very good things about that one, but I, I am glad that Disney was getting back to doing like a fairy tale kind of a thing. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's my favorite stuff when it comes to Disney movies. Um, and I really didn't like the last Disney movie. What was it? It was some kind of sci-fi thing with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, the... Uh, oh, yeah. It, uh, fucking... Yeah. I can't... <laughs> yeah, that strange, strange Planet, strange, I think? Strange World, I think? Strange World. Yeah, it bombed really bad. I thought a movie Doctor was strange. super boring. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, a Disney movie. I, I didn't mind that one, um, but I, you know, I get it. It was, uh, it, it is like, oh yeah, I remember that coming out. Wait, what is it called? Stephen? Strange world. Um, it is strange world. Okay. Yeah. I remember you telling about it. it came out last year and I, uh, I watched part of it and then I fast forwarded to the end and I was like, oh, this is, oh, okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the Pixar Disney stuff just hasn't been hitting me in a while. Um, and that one, I don't know, like they, they seem more like streaming versions, TV movie type things, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. in some way in the last few years, especially, but um i did see someone online mention that they were like wish was okay and it was i get what they were going for but they were like i wish mm-hmm. they would have uh come out with like a brand new like uh mickey mouse feature film to celebrate the 100 years <laughs> yes and i yeah. i would be intrigued by that concept if they could make because it's like mickey's classic and everybody knows him and loves him but like mm-hmm. i feel like he hasn't really been relevant in terms of an actual like movie in a very mm-hmm. long time and uh, it'd be cool if they could you know re you know gather that uh that nostalgia and that love from people but that's true that's a good point yes absolutely yeah mm-hmm. i was i was uh through my research <laughs> quote unquote i had watched some of the more recent mickey mouse shorts uh that were produced by disney and you can find them on disney plus or whatever but uh they are legitimately like good mm-hmm. i love the animation i think the the comedy hits uh mickey is like a full-fledged character he's allowed to be like angry and annoyed and sad and like go through all the emotions mm-hmm. and he doesn't have his personality split between like donald and goofy or whatever he's right. not as boring as he was when uh you know like in the 90s or whatever but uh, i did like that and then also uh 2023 evidently is the 100th year anniversary of warner brothers pictures but I had trouble finding what their first production was. Hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I won't. I got nothing for you there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't, yeah. can't help you, man. So, uh, yeah, it, it, like I, I did a deep dive, like Google, like research. I checked all these different articles. I checked Wikipedia. I checked everywhere I could possibly find to see what the first production was. And it's, it's like split between like four or five different hmm. films or whatever. And I was like, guys, you got you got to like get this on track. Like you, you have to have like the starting point for for something, right? But it's just it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's a different era. Like they mm-hmm. lost a lot of films from that era too, so it's like hard to like the the 1920s must have been like just wild. Like the fact that both of those studios started around the same time, like that's cre- like two that we know are like juggernauts today, you know. Uh, just weren't there. Warner Brothers are still losing movies now. Just deleting stuff for tax write-offs. <laughs> <laughs> they have such a problem with just keeping track of stuff. You know, that's, that's yeah. the problem. It, they just lost that movie. They were like, "Shit, we're gonna have to tell people it's for tax reasons because we lost it." <laughs> what happened to that Bad Girl movie? Didn't you finish that? Where is it? <laughs> Someone left it at a Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. left the, the copy there, man. It's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is the the ironic part about the company being called Warner Brothers Discovery. It's like they're now mm. discovering that they've lost all of their right. shit. It's like, <laughs> like oh, maybe you should, yeah, keep them on a child leash or something. 
Man, that's amazing though. That's yeah. cool though. I uh, I used to be a, a humongous Walt Disney fan when I was a kid. I was really into drawing and animation, and I used to read novel like novel. I read uh, biographies about him and stuff, and uh, so I knew a little bit about what you had talked about with like uh, Oswald the Rabbit and all that. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. that's neat that they have had their 100th anniversary because you know Disney's something we all grew up with and know, and so uh, that's pretty rad. 100 years, wow! 100 years, that's amazing. And we've been recording. This entire time. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Daniel? What's your first yeah. anniversary thing? Uh, yeah, I, I like that you went with like, you know, events in film history, starting studios and stuff like that. I just grabbed a collection of movies that are having anniversaries. So oh, I sure. did want to do like you did. I did want to do a 100 year anniversary and I was hoping I could, uh, but I wasn't sure because I don't have a great knowledge of the 20s or silent films. Uh, but I found that there is a movie that I really love that came out in 1923 and that is Safety Last. It's a Harold Ooh. Lloyd movie. Uh, when Ooh. it comes to comedians of the silent era, I think most people are more familiar with Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton. And I've definitely seen more of their stuff, but I, I feel like Harold Lloyd's kind of the number three. He's so great. He's so oh, funny. Yeah. I've only seen like a handful of his stuff, but I had never heard of him until like 10 years ago. And it's like, yeah, he's the un- un- unsung hero of that era. Like, he's so funny. I really liked them in Dumb and Dumber. Both Harry and Lloyd were just incredible. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's where they I took it they from. Good work. He does that, like you know, that pratfall, the the physical comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they, uh, I, that was yeah, I grew up like with Dumb and Dumber. I super love yeah. that movie. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Safety Last is about uh, he he's a department store clerk and he's very low man on the totem pole and he wants to get success so he can marry his girlfriend. Uh, so he comes up with an idea to get a stuntman to climb up the skyscraper that the store is in as like a promotional thing to get attention for the store. And his boss gets on board with it, but the stuntman doesn't show up. So he decides to do the climb himself. So a lot of the movie is Harold Lloyd climbing up a building. And, and that kind of represents what I do love about the silent era, which is um, the filmmaking is pretty impressive because they didn't have to deal with sound equipment like they would have to in the 30s. Mm. And it just a lot of it is just guys doing insanely dangerous things in front of a camera. And that's Hell what yeah. this movie is. It's like Harold <laughs> Lloyd actually climbing up a skyscraper and then they filmed it. And it's pretty cool and it's pretty funny. So um, if people are looking for, to check out a 100 year anniversary movie, that's the one I would recommend. What is that one Buster Keaton film where uh, the face of the house falls and he just like stands through the window? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember if I've seen either. that one, but I've, I've seen that clip at least for sure. I remember listening to an episode of the Blank Check podcast, and they had a, a run of Buster Keaton films they discussed. I think it was, uh, I don't know, like earlier this year maybe. And uh, they were talking about that, and they were talking about that stunt, which was like, uh, yeah, we've got it measured. It The house frame should fall uh, right around here, so just stand there, and you'll probably be okay. Like, that's the, yeah. that's the safety guy. Like, if it would have, like, fallen on him, it could have, like, crushed his skull, yeah. you know? But they were just like, eh. It'll probably be okay. okay. It'll work out. Okay, I looked it up, and it's funny that it's this film, but it's Steamboat Bill Jr. So we got yeah. Steamboat Bill yeah. and Steamboat Bill Jr. on this episode. Uh, nice, nice. This is an era thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm reading a little bit about Harold Lloyd on here, and they talked about how he wasn't uh, as well-known as the other guys, maybe, because he kept really tight copyright control as well. So he didn't release his films as much after he had kind of retired, I guess. But then also... Uh, they said that uh, because it wasn't sound, they had to have like an organist in the theaters usually. And uh, as theaters were changing and growing, they didn't have as many of those over the years. Uh, that's actually the first time I saw a Harold Lloyd movie was that basically uh, I think it was like a church 
it was back in Tulsa, back in Broken Arrow, uh, where we, I grew up, and there was like a, some movie of his. I'm not sure what it was called, and they had like a live organist there, and it was basically me and my wife as like twenty something year olds, and then like a bunch of seventy year old people, but. It was phenomenal. I had never heard of them. Uh, it's like my mother-in-law had heard of these tickets. We went. It was like a dollar to go see this thing. And it ended up being hysterical. And I don't know. It was like a, a whole different era of, of filmmaking that I just wasn't that attuned to. So, uh, yeah, Harold Lloyd, uh, definitely check him out. That's that's amazing. Daniel, how long was Safety Last? How long is the movie? Yeah. What, I did don't it remember, but I can find it right here. 74 minutes. Ooh, wow. Okay. Hell yeah. That's not too bad. That's like right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, a lot of silent films are very, very short, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff. Uh, like, it's it's by year. Like, 1913, uh, seven movies. 1914, another seven movies. Like, mm-hmm. uh, cranking them out. But they, I bet they're pretty short as well. And a lot of these, uh, also, I'm sure, are lost to time because so many things you know, through fires or, or whatever uh, over time with those films got lost. But... Um, yeah, I would definitely check that out. Um, where did you, so? Did you watch this one uh, on physical media? No, I, I believe I saw it on the Criterion Channel, the subscribe oh, okay. uh, streaming service. That's cool. I don't I don't subscribe to that one, but um, I don't. I also don't know much about the Criterion Collection. I guess uh, for me, it just seems like uh, good cinema, like as opposed to just like movies. Uh, they're usually putting out stuff that people want to collect in some way. And uh, it seems like they're, the Blu-rays are usually like pretty sought after and everything. But uh, I forget they even have like a streaming channel, too. That's that's nice that you can they can kind of just share those things with the world, I guess, you know. Yeah, I, I don't subscribe to it currently. I, I With streaming services, I like pop in and out a lot and because mm-hmm. I don't want to subscribe to all of them at the same time. It's too expensive. Oh, um, yeah. So I just kind of cycle through them. Um, yeah, I, I really I like Criterion. I collect a good bit, mostly like the like old Hollywood movies. I'm not as much mm-hmm. a collector of like art house stuff. Um, I'm I'm not a big I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the delineation between like, oh, good films and then just yeah. sloppy movies like I like it all. You know, it's all good. Um, mm-hmm. But I but Criterion does put out good stuff for sure. Good movies. Daniel, how do you feel about the movie White Chicks? I have never seen white chicks. Actually, you've never seen white chicks. You've never been. I have never oh, had. Oh, you got to get on that one, my dear boy. I got to. Is it having or an anniversary? <laughs> like every year is an anniversary for white chicks. You know, like it's truly in your heart. That's true. Uh, Stephen hates that movie. My wife and I, we cackle at that movie if we catch it on TV. It's so fucking stupid. That's but awful. you know, it's, it's you know next year twentieth anniversary next year. <laughs> Oh, Steven. <laughs> hey, clear your calendar. You're going to have to do the 20 year anniversary episode on white chicks. Yes, right. Did yeah. it to myself. Two decades, two chicks, uh, both are white. <laughs> they, they are. This is the most uncanny valley of uncanny valley. It freaks my shit out. It looks like an AI them. generated image. Oh, uh, yes. It's so terrifying. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fact yeah. that, like, anybody in the movie could, could be like, oh, yeah, they're totally just two white chicks. Like, I'm just like, what? What is this? I don't understand. Not only that, but Terry Crews is obsessed with them. <laughs> Fucking obsessed. It's a weird, weird vibe. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Good uh, stuff. Good stuff. All right, Stephen, what do you got? All right. Um, so for my first one, uh, I'm going to do a short movie that I found on YouTube that I had not remembered uh, since I was a little kid that I, I grew up watching this movie. And uh, because we were doing this this anniversary episode, I decided to go ahead and throw it on the other night. So um, I watched the best Christmas pageant ever, 
from 1983. Hmm. It is a uh, 48 minutes long TV movie. Um, I thought I, I had this on my YouTube like like watch list for a while. I had stumbled upon someone put the full movie on. It's uh, it's online by uh, Mark Brake is the guy that put it online, and it's the best Christmas pageant ever, 1983 full. Because you got to make sure you get that full movie on there. But um, it's it's basically about uh, these six kids from the wrong side of the tracks. They're, they're the Herdman children are their names. And um, they put gum in the pews. They scribble in the Bible. They smoke cigars in the bathroom. Um, they steal yeah. money from the collection plate at church, all this stuff. So they're like the bad kids in school. They bully everybody. Nobody likes them. And then they hear that you get free snacks if you go to church. Um, so they go to church. It turns out they are casting for the best Christmas pageant ever. They've never been to church. They don't know anything about the Bible story, the Christmas story. Uh, they all raise their hands to be cast in it. And because they're such big bullies, none of the other kids will volunteer. So they get cast in all the big roles. And then uh, through the magic of the season and all that stuff, you, you, the town realizes this isn't going to be the worst Christmas pageant ever with these kids in it. It's going to be the best Christmas pageant ever. And you kind of realize that through them learning of, of the story or whatever, uh, they, you realize like they are the Mary and Joseph of their town. They are the ones that are cast out. People don't pay attention to, and, uh, but they also could be, you know, welcomed in and all this stuff. So, uh, it's pretty cheesy. Um, as I said, it's 48 minutes long, so it's pretty fast. Uh, I would not recommend this necessarily for anybody that didn't recognize it. If, if you had stumbled upon this though, like I did and, you know, forgotten this thing from your childhood, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's based on a book I remember reading. Uh, so this is the weird part i thought this was something i read in school but once i watched it it's very much like the bible you know it's not just christmas it's like the jesus story in the bible so um i don't remember ever being assigned to read a book uh or watch a movie in in <laughs> church in like bible study or anything like that but uh, i assume that's maybe where i did this I also grew up uh, grew up in Oklahoma, though, so this very well could have been part of my actual public school teaching. I don't remember, and it really kind of uh, upsets me now. But uh, but yeah, it was fun to watch it. It's from 1983, so it is the 40th anniversary uh, this year, and uh, so that's why I stumbled upon it. I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize it was actually an anniversary year. That'd be cool. Uh, so I finally watched it, and uh, it was it was weird, but sweet. Uh, it was nice, a little bit of nostalgia for me, but uh, overall, um, you know, it was, it was a hit or miss. It's just like a, a TV movie, whatever. So interesting. I've never heard of this. I looked it up on Letterbox. Uh, mm. base, is it a cartoon? It's not a cartoon. No, it's live action. Okay, the poster looks like a cartoon, but that's mm. just the poster. Then it does. It does. Yeah, it's got like an angel in front. I forgot as well. It's uh, there's only like one person I recognized in it. The little girl who's like the main girl. She she speaks to the camera like in a in a fourth person sort of situation. It's uh, Faruza Balk. I think is how you I say her name. I just saw from, her on the list. Yeah, right, from the craft. Right. <laughs> from the craft of all things, right? So she's like teeny tiny. This is before um, she did like that. Uh, the Worst Witch TV movie um, as well from the '80s. It's like another movie I know her from that has. Uh, um, oh fuck. Um, Frank Frank Furter from from Rocky Horror Picture Show, Tim Curry in it. Um, so she was in like a few things then in the eighties, and then kind of hit it big in the nineties again or whatever. But uh, so this is really young for her. But um, so it was cool to see her. I knew her from things, and she's so freaky and different in the craft. Uh, and this one, she's just you know nice little girl. But uh, but yeah, she's the only person I recognized. Everybody else, you know, typical TV movie. But uh, but it was all right. Interesting. Can't wait to watch it. I love Christmas. I oh, love yeah. I love organized religion. Oh, I'm. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm going to pull this up, but I, I might have this playing right now, as a oh, matter yeah, of fact. I'm sure Let's you got it off to the side. Hey, but it had an anniversary, so. 
<laughs> exactly. It still counts. It still counts. Did you recognize scenes as you were watching this? Like, did it, it jog a memory in your head? A little bit. It's like one of those between the book and the movie, though. I don't really remember which one that I remember ring, but I do remember yeah. like certain certain like the kids' names. Uh, like Gladys is the, like the main bad kid who becomes mm-hmm. like Mary and she's she's like really cool or whatever. So it's like I remember like little names, little scenes here and there. Uh, just just enough of the nostalgia that I remembered. Like I did watch this as a kid, uh, but it wasn't enough that I would like keep watching this every year, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd had this on my list for a few years now and then forgotten about it. And uh, I have like a Christmas playlist on my YouTube. And and then I stumbled upon it and it was I was like, all right, it's short. I need an anniversary movie. Let's do this. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's, sometimes those movies are better in your head, you know, leaving them in the past. But uh, look, some sometimes we got to explore our options when we're right. creating a checklist of things to discuss on the <laughs> yeah. podcast. So, you, never you know. know what? It checked a number of boxes. So it certainly works. Exactly. Um all right, so I want to talk about the 50th year anniversary of something that is uh, very near and dear to me. It turns out 2023 is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop as a music genre. Oh. And uh, the origins of this date back to block parties in 1973, where DJs would play percussive breaks of popular songs using two turntables and a DJ mixer to be able to play breaks from two copies of the same record, alternating from one to another and extending the break. That's just off the top of my head. I definitely didn't read that off my phone (laughs) from a copy and pasted Wikipedia (laughs) article. Uh, But uh, yeah, so that started in 1973. The first recording of any type of hip hop song uh, didn't hit until... 1979 so it took about six years before that was released and the general public outside of like new york or whatever uh was able to experience that and again this is something where uh if you put a gun to my butt and said Mm -hmm. what was the first hip-hop song what would that be i would have told you rapper's delight by the sugar hill gang so i do want to discuss that so that was um a top 40 hit for hip-hop the first lyrics to rapper's delight is hip hop you know so it's like it's right there Mm -hmm. like that's how you create a genre it's like literally the first two syllables that were said yeah and it's just like gibberish words that were spoken percussively so it actually like named the genre going forward and that came out in august of 1979 i went back i re-listened to the song i've heard it a couple of times over the years but i went back and and uh listened to it and uh yeah i mean it's all very like playful and and whatnot but like at a certain point the lyrics get very like uh, uh, i mean like they're more like aggressive than i remember from previous listens Mm. i typically don't pay attention to lyrics when i listen to music daniel i'm more of like a a percussive like beat guy i'm kind of the same my my wife thinks i'm crazy because she's all about lyrics and and she'll be like (laughs) she'll tell me what a song's about and i'm like i didn't even know that and she's like you listen to this all the time most of the time i do not care i do not care and daniel you are seen and you are heard and i'm with you brother Mm -hmm. am i validated (laughs) you you are validated oh good i was hoping but it's from me so honestly means less than it did before so apologies Doesn't for that count for much. but getting getting back to uh the sugar hill gang uh this of course features vocals by wonder mike grand no i'm sorry not grandmaster kaz uh, he, he wrote the song uh big bag hank and then master g which i know you guys were getting ready to say but i wanted to you know preempt that i i like the song a lot 
there is a point where one of them is rapping about Superman and how they're better than Superman. And honestly, I don't need musicians talking about Superman. His character very important to me. I just need people to respect the cape. Just, just fucking. Re- he's a good dude, you know. That, don't worry about Man of Steel and him just snapping necks for no reason. Don't, don't even worry about it. Hey, that neck needed snaps. <laughs> that guy needed to go. Some people just need to go, man. He, he could have just thrown him into uh, the like a, a portal or something like that. I don't know. I don't, there could have been a way Superman around. Superman, known look. portal creator. <laughs> he did. He did it in the uh, what was it? The first or second Superman movie, the Richard Donner one. Isn't that where he trapped? Uh, you know, who fucking cares? Anyway, <laughs> he, he so, put him in like a mirror that spins around. I know that much. Yeah, exactly. It's, he threw him into a Def Leppard video. I think Jor. I think uh, the dad did that. Jor El, Marlon Brando. Oh yeah. There was no Marlon Brando to be seen in Man of Steel. So what are you gonna do? Well, put his ass in in uh, Man of Steel. Just superimpose him. Just fuck it. Let's just let's just At go. At this point, uh, they put everybody like, else in that movie. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might get some butts and seats. We don't know. You know what? <laughs> Might as well go for it. Again, you got to watch The Flash. You, you yeah. gotta, there's some wild cameos in that movie. I'm sure there's a CGI Marlon Brando in The Flash yeah. somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, <laughs> there might anyway. Be. There might be. I can't remember. I do. Wait, before you move on from yeah. that, though, because I, I was trying to find the actual lyrics for this. I, I know a lot of the lyrics to that song, if it's playing, because uh, I, I really wow. like Rapper's Delight a whole lot. But I know it specifically because uh, it's on the, I think on the soundtrack, but it's in the movie, The Wedding Singer. The old lady sings it. It's like one of her two uh-huh. songs that she's learning. So I knew it because mm-hmm. of The Wedding Singer when an old lady sang it. And I was like, this is amazing. Uh, she created hip hop. And, uh, and <laughs> I've gone back now, but there's a part yeah. where he's like, you ever gone over to a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? That's uh-huh. my favorite. That whole segment is so funny because it's like the, like the first major hip hop song. And there's a whole segment of just being like, you ever been over to a friend's house? And it's just like, you have to like get out of there quick because the food is terrible. Man, can yeah. we all relate to that? You know, it's so funny that that's like one of the main main verses. Comedian Paul F. Tompkins has a character on the Comedy Bang Bang podcast that he created f- based on that exact verse. Oh. And he's like the, the white guy that lived next door to the Sugar Hill Gang. And he went over to the barbecue and he was just like trying to write a rhyme and it just like didn't work. But he was like. It was all based on. I love it. it like the the person whose food was not good was him. Uh huh. Right. And he he thought he was part of the group, but it turns out he wasn't. Anyway, um, so I, I thought this out. was the the very first hip hop song, but it turns out it wasn't mm. because it was predated in March of '79. So just a few months ahead of uh, Rapper's Delight by Say It With Me, King Tim the Third Personality Jock. Oh. By Fatback Band. You guys didn't jump in on that one. No. So maybe there's maybe we had a sinking issue. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was uh, I was surprised by this because I had no idea. This one didn't have the impact of the Sugar Hill Gang's track for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But it sounds very much like a hip hop. Like you could put the two of them next to each other and they sound like they came out within days of each other. Mm-hmm. It was it's wild. And uh, I really liked it. Uh, I thought the uh, the Fatback Band's uh, King Tim 3, parentheses, personality jock close, parentheses, you must close it, uh, was pretty good. So, you know, people check that out. And then in addition to that, uh, also this year, 
One of my favorite uh, comic makers, Ed Pisker, uh, released an omnibus of his comic, The Hip Hop Family Tree, and that just came out. And uh, this is like mostly affordable. It's like $75. I'm sure you can find it closer to 50 on like Amazon or whatever for people who like, uh, you know, comics and that type of thing. But it has these, uh, uh, this kick ass oh, art. Cool. It looks almost like a Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko comic from uh, the 60s. Uh, in design and uh, takes you through the history of hip hop and it's based on conversations he's had with a lot of That's neat. Uh, people from the genre and kind of piecing stories together in a, a a nice chronological history of hip hop as a genre so people can check that out so yeah 50 years of hip hop wow 50 years of hip hop yeah that's really cool thank you Thank you for noticing. I feel validated. What about uh, what about yours, Daniel? What's your next one? Uh, yeah, so you just uh, you just did a 50 year anniversary, 1973, and I'm going to do the same thing. So I oh, okay. I have been getting into the work recently of a fine Spanish gentleman named Paul Nashi. Uh, and this is a movie that he made in 1973 called Horror Rises from the Tomb. So mm. Paul Nashi is a, a guy, a Spanish guy who made a lot of horror movies in like the 70s and 80s, particularly. And uh, and his movies are really wild. So he's basically like a dorky uh, monster kid who somehow got to make movies. And his movies are very schlocky. And they're very much like almost like greatest hits reels of like Universal Monsters movies or Hammer movies. He often plays both hero and villain somehow. He's played okay. most of the classic monsters in different movies. But Horror Rises from the Tomb uh, opens up with a sequence that's kind of a ripoff of, of the Mario Bava movie Black Sunday where him, Paul Nashi, and his wife are getting executed for witchcraft. Um, it's not really clear what they are. Like they kind of act like vampires, but are they actually sucking blood? We don't know, but they're definitely some kind of witch and warlock sort of thing, but they get executed. And then it jumps ahead to present day. Cause that's like 1600s. Um, mm-hmm. and in present day, we got Paul Nashi again. And this time it's, it's that guy's descendant. Um, and him and his friends are going mm-hmm. off to this like house to go vacation and stuff. Um, and I don't even remember how, but somehow the evil witch and warlock get resurrected. So now you got a movie where like evil Paul Nashi is trying to kill these people and you got good paul nashi who's our hero and it's like multiple horror subgenres packed into one because like i said it's not really clear what the bad guys are but there's some kind of supernatural gothic spookiness and the gothic like creepy atmosphere is just off the charts good and there are even zombies pop up at one point because like why not and this is just kind of like what his movies are like they're just like tons of just horror spooky bullshit thrown into a movie um his movies always have a lot of very beautiful women who pretty much always have love scenes with paul nashi so that's it's like that's in his contract <laughs> or something okay yeah right i kind of love his stuff and this is one's one of my favorites and it's uh 50 years old this year so that's my next wow pick. that's awesome i've never heard of this before i'm looking at the the poster's rad though there's a couple of different versions of it but, yeah um yeah that's why i love your your like watching your youtube channel you always uh show movies that i've or talk about movies that i've never heard of before or people that i've never heard of like paul nashi and i'm like oh man there's like a whole world out there that i need to explore so this is this sounds rad it looks like it's streaming on Tubi, shout tv and then plex currently and i found this on the just watch app again we don't get sponsorship money for it it's just a delightful like app, app that uh, really works well uh daniel are you aware of the just watch app? i'm all about the just watch app it always blows Thank my you. mind when Thank someone you. asks me like oh you know where can i stream this and i'm like dude just watch app you can find out in like five <laughs> <Yeah>. seconds <laughs> yeah yeah super easy I love that, yeah. inconvenience. it's been yeah. so convenient for us yeah it's a clean app it's like 
so easy to use and like you can tell it what you what you use like which streaming stuff um i'm surprised this one is actually available out there too this seems like one of those things you would only find like on physical media like but every once in a while you know they do rotate through the other ones and you can find it on tubi mm-hmm. seems to be like that you know like uh, boozy always talks about that tubi just gets the the weird shit and you can find some uh, some awesome old old stuff so I love That's it. Cool. I love Tubi. I love that they're free because yeah. I never have to worry about like resubscribing, mm-hmm. unsubscribing. Like I try to cycle through other streaming services, but Tubi's always totally. there for me. You know, yeah. <laughs> it never leaves. So he's got your back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to continue on with the 1973 50th anniversary as well because uh, okay. one of my picks is that, and uh, that that pick is American Graffiti from 1973 nice. celebrating nice. its 50th anniversary um i did not rewatch this for this podcast because i rewatched this um I, I guess like a month ago and i think a month before that and maybe twice other two other times this year because uh, this is one of my favorite movies american graffiti is uh, like you said daniel star wars is you know a big big part of my life uh george lucas love a man hate him uh different movies different versions but um overall I think, you know, his earlier film career, especially he gave us some of the the biggest hits of the world with the Indiana Joneses and the Star Wars and stuff. But uh, I really like American Graffiti because um, I really like, you know, kind of like movies that take place in one night. Like this is like the precursor to like Dazed and Confused and um, Superbad and Booksmart and stuff. Those, those kind of like uh, one last night in high school sort of thing. Um, that's one of my favorite subgenres. And this one is uh, like one of the first uh if not the first and um i really like the era it takes place like in the late 50s early 60s but it's you know was made in 73 it's about it's like a love letter you can tell that he lived these things and um and yeah it's just always been like a really really beautiful movie to me so uh i'm not i'm not sure where this is actually streaming right now uh, i own this movie multiple ways but uh, i almost i've been i've been slowly building up a vhs collection at a at, a, at our local nice. place called half price books and I did not get this one the other day because it was uh, the cover was all messed up. But I was like, American Graffiti mm-hmm. is one that I would definitely add to my collection. Uh, I, I was able to secure a Scream Two the other day, though, which I was I have a Scream Two about. VHS too. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm basically trying to rebuild what I what I really loved of my youth. Like I got the uh, the CD soundtrack of Empire Records the other day. It's like yellow yellow case and all this stuff and i i love that that's that particular cd so much so i like to have that uh but yeah i've been building up these vhs tapes lately and uh and that one is one i want to do as well but um yeah steven are you are you going to and i mean this with all sincerity are you going to track down a vhs copy of crybaby (laughs) i have the world's largest collection already of course (laughs) (laughs) Daniel, have you ever seen Crybaby from late? No, the John Waters, Johnny Depp movie? I actually have it. I heard about that movie just recently, actually. Somebody (laughs) talked about how they watched it all the time when they were a kid or something. Right. Same. That was Steven. That was me and and Brent's wife, Brandy. And we we showed Uh it to uh, our spouses one day. We were all together and... Uh, it does not hold up very well. It is. I, oh, that's too. Bad. Don't watch that movie while eating. Just, just don't, don't do it. I made that mistake. It's, it's, it's gross. It has some special nostalgia to me, but it's also one that I should have left in the memory hole. You know, it was way better uh-huh. thinking about it than it was rewatching it. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I would still rewatch it one more time. Brett, Brett, Brett would never. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no. so for my 50th anniversary one, uh, American Graffiti from 1973. Nice. Hey, we all hit 73 hard. Yeah, I like that movie. I haven't seen it 
I haven't seen it in many years, but I, I also love that like 50s, early 60s atmosphere. And I love that yeah. kind of music. So that's a good right. vibe movie for sure. Yeah, the soundtrack to it is really killer. That's one of the things I like the most. And then uh, Richard Dreyfus, he's a little baby in it. It's before he had the beard for uh, for Jaws. It's like two years before Jaws, and, or three maybe. And then, um, but yeah, he uh, he's so young in it. I, I really like the following the journey of of like kids as they're trying to figure out their life. I guess. And there's some um, some twists and turns in that movie that surprised me. And uh, it really is like I, I. It's like I grew up watching Days and Confused. And then I saw American Graffiti way later, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is dating confused." Like I didn't, I didn't realize they were following a template. And uh, then I realized movies like Can't Hardly Wait were doing the same thing. And uh, so it's just, yeah, this is one of the first ones like that, and it's always held a, a special place in my heart. So that's awesome. That was one of my dad's favorite movies mm. from when I was younger. And you know, I'm a late in life Star Wars fan, so I, I didn't see the uh, the original trilogy until uh i don't know it's probably like 14 or so mm. and uh but i had seen american graffiti a thousand times before that and so it kind of blew my mind later on where i'm like oh weird the american graffiti guy made these space movies huh? right it's wild <laughs> i bet they're probably not very good and then i watched them i was like oh okay got a little little teddy bears in the, the last one okay <laughs> it's right. much cool. different too yeah than uh than his other like than the star wars movies it's it's so much more low-key but at the same time you got like pod pod racing you got like street racing it's all like it's all this yeah this thing that he's you know it's all the stuff he's into uh, you got coming of age sci-fi. stuff in both movies right absolutely absolutely like it's and it's funny because um i think he did he really nailed it with this one and then like star wars great and then you get like to the re-releases and then you get to like the prequels and you're like, wow, what what changed? But uh, I think mm-hmm. part of it was that this group of filmmakers in the 70s were really hungry to uh, to eschew the old Hollywood system and, and do their own stories. And uh, so many of them like Coppola, Spielberg, Lucas, Scorsese, all of them, you know, like th- those early movies have such a um, like a fierceness to them. Like, a, I don't know, the soundtracks, everything about it just feels a little punk rock. And uh, yeah, this one, this one's not very punk rock, but it is to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as we were talking, I just started a petition to have Lucasfilm uh, add through modern technology to include Finger and Dan and the modal nodes into American oh, Graffiti. Just like in there at some point, you know, just a, a, a cool drive-in. reference and also right. like visual, like CGI, but mm-hmm. you know, like a clunky version of it so we can get that up and running because I feel like the uh, musical genre of jizz needs to be included <laughs> in a movie where it's just like adolescent boys, you know, just a, like the crotch is full of jizz, right? you know, it works on levels, I guess. There wasn't enough jizz in this movie. You're right. You're exactly. Right yeah. 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 <laughs> you heard it here first. It does have Harrison Ford. Not enough jizz. But not enough jizz. <laughs> Right, exactly. George Lucas is a big fan of caving to fan petitions, so that's probably that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's going to work out well, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> well, what's your, uh, I guess your last one, right, Brent? My last one is the 30th anniversary of a franchise very important to me, and I can tell of Daniel as well. I want to talk about the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers. I know, Daniel, <laughs> calm down. You'll, you'll have your moment. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, this was a, a series that debuted in the States in 1992. Uh, it's based on a, uh, a series from Japan uh, that came out, I think, earlier that year. But the franchise over there is called Super Sentai. It dates back to 1975. And uh, so it was around for a couple of decades before being adapted to um, American audiences. But, uh, yeah, it's like near and dear to me. I love that show. I was like a big Ninja Turtles fan, which led me into like colorful superheroes Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it, it uh, by the time I got out of the Turtles, I left right into the Rangers. And then, you know, I'm just stuck there as a 40-year-old man, uh, just stuck in this world of multicolored kung fu teenagers. <laughs> and it's just my whole thing. You know what you like, man. I know what I like. I really dig your whole thing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I just like uh, the idea of, I guess, generally speaking, you've got uh, people of various races represented. And sometimes that was like the first representation you would see of like a uh, uh, like a black uh, teenage superhero. That's like a mm. good guy. It's like a positive um, draw for people. I know there's a lot of people out there like, oh, they made the black guy, the black ranger. But like, I feel like they they kind of own that a little bit you know it's not like a detriment it's not saying anything bad it's just like a, a person of uh african american descent is a character whose color is just happens to be black and uh they say that same shit with like the original yellow ranger was uh asian mm-hmm. and that oh that seems racial but like in the pilot the actress that was the original original yellow ranger was of uh hispanic descent and i guess she wanted more money so they were like i don't think so so then the next person that was uh qualified for the job just happened to be asian so there's all of that knowledge no one cares about but uh this is uh it's important to me trying to get power rangers uncanceled <laughs> yeah now's the time uh well they they just had their most recent season come out on netflix and it was 10 episodes and i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this final series because this is supposed to be the final series of the long-running 30-year continuity of this series and i feel like i can just jump right into this sure i haven't watched the last 25 seasons of this show but maybe i can catch up and they do have like a little bit of recap at the beginning of it and i just like watched the whole thing david yost who played the original blue power ranger is in most of the series and he is like morphed as well and he's he's like his his normal mighty morphin version of that character and uh yeah we've got like a new cast of characters or at least new to me and uh we eventually get like an orange power ranger which has oh. never happened like officially in the continuity there've been like dream sequences or whatever but uh yeah i i kind of dug it the green ranger is a a female in this version and she happens to be gay and her girlfriend becomes the orange power ranger and they just have a lovely relationship and i was really impressed with in the 10 episodes that i saw each of the rangers have their own like own stories going on and the way the series juggles that Mm -hmm. is interesting i do think the acting is consistent with what i knew growing up which is like bad but i think it's like it's charming by design for that you know it it is aimed at a younger audience but like daniel was saying there's a lot of violence that that kids try to mimic but so it rises weird line mm-hmm. I, I i don't quite know how to feel about that but also i don't have kids so i guess basically i don't care so much <laughs> but uh it's just like enjoyable to me the the newest season is called power rangers cosmic fury and um yeah like i said it's the uh, potential last season of the show mm-hmm. and evidently there's a rework i'm sorry a reboot in the works for 2025 i hope they like movie uh, or mimic tv the- show I think it's going to be a TV show, okay. but I've heard that it's supposed to like have movies that tie into like a mm. TV show and, you know, just one of those like shared universe things that uh, hasn't been working well for Marvel recently. So maybe there's some new lessons to be learned <laughs> from that, yeah. but I guess we'll we'll see how that works. 
but uh, I, I do hope they they approach it from a more mature uh, angle, uh, similar to the current Boom Studios Power Rangers comics, where uh, you know there's just like some light cursing, but uh, there's also like solid character development and uh, and all this stuff. But you know, we'll just wait to see how that that shakes out. But I am excited for that, and uh, the the movie that you talked about, Daniel, the one that came out in I think it was 2017. Seems right. Sounds right. The Elizabeth Banks one. Yeah, uh, I like that one. Okay, I didn't care for the designs of the costumes, but like the overall like movie. I liked, you know, so yeah, there's that information. So Brent would enjoy. So I'm gathering from this, uh, just in general, you can say that you like teenagers. Okay. Well, I don't <laughs> want to put this out there. I I'm, I'm going to have to heavily edit <laughs> a lot of the things that were said. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I also grew up on Power Rangers. Yeah. So uh, I don't yeah. have as much of a love as Brent does for it, but uh, the, especially the original ones um, really get me and stuff. And then I knew that they were rebooting some stuff. Uh, I've also heard, I asked about the movie, the TV show, because I knew they, they did that movie, but I've heard they're rebooting that movie series as well. So I didn't know yeah, if they were going to be connected or not, but uh, I'm intrigued enough to see where that goes. And, and I like it for you, sir. So, cause you love TV. Thank you. So. Thank you. Okay. I, I, I got to ask, cause I haven't thought about this or talked to anybody about this in mm-hmm. so many years. Did you guys watch that? Like, fan film super dark and gritty power rangers reboot thing that got made a few it years ago vaguely familiar yeah i can't remember the uh, the director that made it but yeah it was on youtube and i, I yeah i watched that and uh, i had some like older no wait it wasn't older actors they, they had some like i guess modern act like a uh, fucking james vanderbeek yes, was in it he was in oh. it yeah <laughs> Weird. yeah and he was like rocky uh like one of the power rangers like the the second red ranger i think Whatever the case, I I liked it in general, but I liked it more as like an exercise or an expression of something. It seemed like a uh, almost like a proof of concept thing yeah. for a separate thing that mm. the director wanted to do. I don't know that I necessarily like I don't like dark and gritty everything yeah. like it works sometimes. But like, I don't care for the, the DC extended universe stuff. I don't like I don't, I don't like red eye Superman at all. I feel like people just misunderstand that character. Um, he's just a good dude. Like I said, he, you know, <laughs> Daniel, we're in agreement. He doesn't need to be snapping next. Just throw him in a portal. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah. squeaky clean, like Christopher Reeve, Superman. I mean, I even grew up loving Dean Kane Superman. Um, may not oh, be popular no. to say these days. Um, I love him now. Not so. All of his opinions now are just tremendous. <laughs> All of his you know? movies. They're, they're dove approved. You know? <laughs> <laughs> are you excited for James Gunn doing Superman? Oh yeah, absolutely. I am oh, too. Yeah. I'm I have, so I have excited. Faith. I don't. I don't know if that universe is going to work out because I do feel like mm-hmm. the superhero trend is dying fast. So I think it's a little late. But I, I believe that movie is going to come out, and I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. The casting yeah. they've done for it looks great. Oh my god! Yeah, really good. Yeah, they've got a. Uh, they just cast fucking Nicholas Holt right. as uh, Lex Luthor, Perfect. and then like Love that. the the guy they cast for Jimmy Olsen looks like a goddamn Jimmy he Olsen. Off the comic book a, page. Yeah, yeah. Oh right. my god! I'm so excited. Yeah, so fucking excited. That dude's for it. in. Yeah. Uh, that dude's in Booksmart. The Jimmy Jimmy dude. Um, and he yeah. shows been some other things. The um, mm-hmm. David Cornsweet, who they got to be Superman, was in Pearl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only thing I'd seen him in. Good but um, he, when I've seen pictures of him, he he just looks like Superman. Like I'd totally buy it instantly. So uh, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I do hope that James Gunn will be able to right the ship a little bit. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see what they do with Lois Lane because she is like one of the all time great, like not just female, but like characters in comics altogether. And if they can like 
really knock her uh, character, her story arc out of the park. I was wondering where that was going. If they can knock her, I was like, <laughs> "What's happening?" They can knock her up. Oh yeah, baby, yeah. it's on. I mean, like you know, <laughs> Superman probably will at a certain point, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I uh, I did look up too that that short film you guys were talking about is called Power Slash Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. It's from mm-hmm. 2015. It's by Joseph Kahn. Is the director of that? Oh yeah. Um, uh, Brent, I had uh, recommended a movie from him called Detention. That he did. Yes. Oh, um, I saw that. I didn't know that yeah. was some guy. Josh Hutcherson? It's, yeah, yeah, Josh Hutcherson. It's it's really weird. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, it has a lot of ideas going. But the more times I watched it, I was like, I got really on board with it. So I, I really like Detention mm-hmm. now. And then he does, like, music videos and stuff like that. Like, he did some, like, Taylor Swift ones, it looks like. Um, mm. uh, Jan and she Jackson. was a Power Ranger. Yeah. I'm well, sure yeah, my wife she does this guy, then. <laughs> yeah. He probably knows him by name. <laughs> he did... Um, <laughs> For 1989, one of her biggest albums, he did Blank Space, Bla- Bad Blood, Out of the Woods. Uh, all these songs are all his videos. So um, he uh, he won a Grammy for Best Music Video for Kendrick Lamar's Bad Blood. So, yeah, uh, yeah he's he's done that the a remix. lot. But uh, Detention's a pretty cool movie. And then he has another one called Bodied that I want to see that's like uh, underground, like uh, rap battle type things. Um, but oh. he's got like a really kinetic, you know, MTV kind of music director yeah, music video director sort of vibe, but it uh, totally makes sense that he would make that Power Rangers short as well. So that's so interesting because music videos were the first place that I ever noticed directors like any like before I heard of Steven Spielberg. I'd probably heard of him, but I didn't have like context for it. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing like, oh, Mick G directed this and this <laughs> and this. Oh, OK, yeah, I get it. It's all like super saturated. OK, he knows Smash Mouth. He knows Sugar Ray. He knows Corn. OK, all right. I get this. I get it. Sugar Ray, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's amazing. Well, uh, Daniel, what about your uh, your last anniversary one? Uh, I'm going to go 40-year anniversary. I'm going to go to 1983 because in 19... Mm-hmm. I really love 80s teen movies, uh, but my favorite yeah. one came out in 1983, and that is Valley Girl uh, from Martha oh. Coolidge. Oh. I super okay. love this movie. Uh, it's starring uh, Nicolas Cage, very young, fresh-faced Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage, and Deborah Foreman. And it's basically like a Romeo and Juliet type story where Deborah Foreman is part of a very preppy, wealthy, valley kind of a crowd. And Nicolas Cage is a punk from Hollywood, uh, much more lower class. And uh, and her friends really don't want them to be together. They don't like them. But they have this very, very sweet little relationship. Um, so it's mm. kind of like low-key one of my favorite romance movies. Like I, I'm a huge Nick, Nick Cage fan, like unironic mm. Nick Cage fan. Um, and I love him and Deborah Foreman together. The soundtrack is packed with bangers. It's such a great 80s soundtrack. Um, and yeah, I, I love this movie. I watch it a lot. Um, when it comes to these teen movies, like I like the John Hughes stuff. Well, I don't some mm-hmm. of it, um, but I tend to like the weirder a little bit more on the fringes teen stuff. And Valley Girl for me is a uh, it's the best one. I super love it. I have never seen Valley Girl before. Oh, it's delightful. I, f- I feel like I need to remedy this. Um, I, I'm also a big fan of Nick Cage, unironically. Um, what I love about him is that he can do so many crazy things throughout. Like, it's just a roller coaster to watch what he comes out with. But um, from from this era, uh, it's one that I just never really watched coming out. But you mentioned um, Deborah Foreman, and I, I didn't know her name. I looked her up, and I instantly was like, oh, she's in April Fool's Day. Yeah. Uh, it's like the only thing I know her from. But uh, I love that movie because uh, it's just so weird. I grew up on it and stuff. But um, yeah, Valley Girl, man, that's awesome. I'll have to check that out. 
Deborah Foreman is like a low key banger filmography. Like she did mm. a lot of cool stuff in the eighties. Mm. Yeah. So she. Oh, so she's in Real Genius, mm-hmm. which I don't remember her. Small from. role. She's like small it, role. She's with Val Kilmer in like one or two scenes, I think. Okay. I bet I would remember it, yeah, if I saw it. And then uh, there's a really weird movie from, from 1989 uh, called The Experts with um, uh, John Travolta and Kelly Preston in it. Um, about two, I've actually two... been meaning to see that because I'm a huge Kelly Preston fan. Oh, my God. She's amazing in it. You've never seen okay. this movie? I haven't. I've been meaning to. Ooh. Okay, so for Brent, The, the Experts is about uh, John Travolta and his friend, uh, Ari Gross, uh, are like nightclub promoters or whatever uh in the states and then the guy approaches them and he's like hey i want to bring you back to my hometown i want to make a nightclub so they they go and they wake up in this like 1950s idyllic hometown like american hometown and they realize uh throughout the movie they were actually drugged on the plane and they are in russia and it is one of those like (laughs) it is one of those 50s like suburban neighborhoods they built to like infiltrate america with spies but the town has grown to really love what they are and so they are trying to make it like from the 50s like they're trying to update it to the 80s so it's like this fish out of water stuff kelly preston is there to like you know ensnare them but there is an amazing dance scene at their nightclub opening where she and john travolta do one of the sexiest dances i ever saw as a child and then it's in front of like all the children of the town though and stuff. It's like so funny. But yeah, I would highly recommend the experts. It's that uh, sounds it's like one. ridiculously up my alley. Dude, I awesome. really want to watch so... that movie. <laughs> it has a bunch of character actors from the eighties too. Um people will show up in there. But yeah, Deborah Foreman is also one of them. I think she's one of the love interests as well. So um yeah, highly recommend that one. But uh anyway, I gotta go watch the experts now. Got to find that. I forgot <laughs> about that movie, but uh, yeah, I really struck a chord there. So, um, but that's awesome. Um, yeah, Valley Girl. I will. Uh, I will check that out though. Off your recommendation because uh, that's one I've always heard about, and never watched. Stephen, you should, and you're in luck because right now Valley Girl is streaming on MGM Plus. MGM Plus, a streaming <laughs> service that exists. Maybe. Sure. I did it. You know, it does sound like so many of them now it's like i've never heard of that one um i did i do have to temper my other streaming services because i just got netflix again i was able to successfully hold out for a few months and uh and now i needed something on there so we're, we're back at it but um yeah i'll hold mm-hmm. off and get mgm next month maybe we'll see big money yeah we're back on netflix too because my wife and i are watching through gilmore girls mm. which is actually mm. like super great and i really love it <laughs> Have you never seen it before? I've never before seen it, no. Neither I wondered of us about have. that. My uh, my wife grew up watching it. Uh, not grew up watching it, but she watched it as like a teenager. And then, uh, but we haven't tried it uh, in years. And it popped up on there. And I, I was like, I wonder, because uh, I did randomly the other day just put on the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've never seen that show. And I was like, I'm going to watch this today. It's not half bad. I was like, I could have watched this back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, but yeah, sometimes, uh, those, those shows I haven't even checked out, you know, they, they spark your interest years later. So who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. So for my last one, uh, I'm just going to mention that, uh, another Christmas movie. Sorry, Brent, we are over here at the Fisher household. We are definitely in the Christmas spirit, but, uh, given that I oh, just, dude, I, I love Christmas. Hey, right on. So I got I, a Christmas sweater on right now. You do. I didn't even notice this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it snowed last night. So I'm a, I was in a very oh, festive mood this morning. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I once it once it hits like Thanksgiving week, um, then I'm I'm pretty Christmased out, and and I really do 
like the Christmas season, I just, I really like Halloween too. So it's just those back to back, you know, it's a good time of the year. Uh, but I did watch uh, another Christmas movie this this week, which was uh, Love Actually, which is having its 20 year anniversary. And uh, this this seems to be a movie that every year I, I bring it up now because every year seems to be brought up in uh, different articles if it's good or bad now and if it's shows good relationships or bad relationships and stuff. There's a lot more people looking at it now being like like Gen Zers being like this movie's terrible. Uh, it's cheesy or these relationships are terrible. Uh, I like it, though, uh, because it it shows all kinds of love and all kinds of relationships um, and that it's always it's not always black and white. It's not always uh, good and it can be bad, but you have to get through bad times and stuff. So um, and for me, this is uh, I was going to say reminds me of how I watch. I know what you did last summer. Uh, every few years that movie really sucks to me and then I don't want to watch it and then it comes back roaring back and I'm like man this movie is amazing and I watch it a whole bunch for like a few years and then it goes back and forth Love Actually has been that way for me Spider-Man too Spider-Man 3 is... for me there you go <laughs> <laughs> right like there's those movies where you're like there's something here I like but it's not always clicking and uh, Love Actually right now is clicking for me again so uh, it's a 20 year anniversary so it's the shortest one on my list but uh, also one of those things that I can't believe this was 20 years ago uh, I remember when this movie came out, I was like a junior in high school, so this doesn't seem that old to me. Um, basically, once I graduated high school, everything seems like it's been the last five years. So uh, just a while that it can even be that long. But uh, but I still like it, and uh, it's available kind of everywhere. I'm sure you can find it out there. So, yeah. I've never seen it. I wouldn't recommend it to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm off the hook. I have, in fact, when I was going through uh, my last breakup before I met my wife, uh, mm. I watched Love Actually twice in a row one day. Oh, <laughs> like that means something. And I just restarted it. <laughs> Very embarrassing story. Um, perhaps against my better judgment, I, I do like Love Actually. And my favorite story is the Hugh Grant story because one, mm-hmm. I love Hugh Grant. I'm actually like a huge fan of him. And two, oh, absolutely. I don't remember the actress. He loves blowjobs. What's that? <laughs> he loves blowjobs. He got. Remember that? No. Maybe you're too young for that. But uh, probably he. There was like a, a, a. Well, again, you don't follow like uh, headline stuff for celebrities, but uh, I guess he like got busted he, uh, getting getting top from a, a prostitute. Like somebody like caught him doing that while, and, uh, while he was, was married to Elizabeth Hurley. So uh, oh, okay. I was about right. to say who cares, but then you said he was married. Right. I was like, okay, that's his, not good. his wife cared. That's <laughs> yeah. Not good. yeah. That'd be a big deal, I guess. I don't know how yeah. Elizabeth Hurley isn't enough for you, but I, uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he is quite charming. And, and that movie in particular, I find him very charming. Um, and his love interest in that movie. So, uh brent uh, i'm sure you've heard about it over the years and stuff but what i like about it is like there's there's old love there's like married love there's um possibly cheating there's like new love there's brother and sister love and and the cast um, is insanely good so many good constantly looking at a big star like the whole time you're watching the movie it's a it's a richard curtis movie um I believe so. Uh, all of his movies, like I like a lot of those, but he is um, a certain type of like British, just like lovey-dovey sort of easy romantic movies to watch. Uh, About Time is one of his uh, that I, I love so much um, that came out just a, a few years ago. But um, yeah, Love Actually is uh, it's it's one of one of the ones that we watch, you know, kind of uh, every Christmas season and hit or miss. But but right now it's a big hit for me. So that's my anniversary movie. How many uh, viewings of the night before are you in, Stephen? Oh, Brent. 
Um, you remember last year you brought that up with Ross on the episode, and and I hadn't watched very many. I like the year before right. that I'd watched it like six times in like a week. Um, <laughs> I I have I have seen the night before this year probably seven six or seven times. Is that the Joseph Gordon Levitt <laughs> Seth Rogen comedy? Yeah. Right. That's a pretty good movie. I like I it. I just really like and it. And for context for the listeners, um, we're recording this. Uh, we're still in late November at this mm-hmm. point. So we, we haven't even oh, yeah. opened. We haven't even spread the legs on December right. at this point. Right. So we're still it, you have so many more viewings to go. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll fit in a bunch more, I'm sure. But um, I'm pretty good uh-huh. for right now. Uh, it's it's just a really I like those guys and it's really fun. And once I watched it once, then I, it's like Pringles. I just want to watch it again and again and again. So it's like shrimp Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you have them, you'll know you can't stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's awesome. I, I really liked uh, this idea, Brent, um, for the anniversary movies. And uh, and Daniel, I'm glad that you're on here because I, I thought mm-hmm. you would probably recommend things I'd never heard of. And you absolutely did. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Well, uh, Brent, next week mm-hmm. we will be continuing on with a uh, a further anniversary thing as uh, we review one of my favorite bands, my favorite band uh, in the in the world, uh, the All American Rejects. All American Rejects. I'm reading. I'm trying to read stuff. <laughs> it's not working. What the airborne what? the airborne toxic event. I just saw them. I'm reading my notes. I'm reading my notes. The airborne toxic events. Wow. Uh, 2013 uh, album. Such hot blood. Has having its tenth anniversary. We've been doing these uh, as they have anniversaries throughout the the years on the show. So we'll be doing that next week. Uh, and to finish out the show as well, I have to celebrate one last anniversary, and that is on the recording of this episode this Sunday, November twenty sixth. It is Brent's anniversary of being alive. You thought you were getting away from Shit. it, but happy birthday, Brent! <laughs> Thank you. Happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck. I really thought I was going to get away with, I with know, something. I you sucker. I really thought I was pulling a heist here, but uh, but yeah. Okay. You did the anniversary show, man. You set yourself up for you know, that. So. I guess I guess so. <laughs> you know. but, um, but Daniel, it was a blast having you on. Uh, we'd love to have you on again. Yeah. Um, tell people where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube at the Cobwebs channel, uh, where I talk about a lot, mostly very retro vintage movies, do a lot of ranking lists. Um, like I just did a list on my top 15 Dracula movies, and Dracula is my favorite character of all time. So I had Sweet. a lot of fun doing that. Uh, and then you can find the Cobwebs podcast. I don't do a ton with it these days, but I am right now doing a, a series on John, John Carpenter movies, uh, movie by movie. Um, yeah. So that's been fun. So you can find that on any podcast app. And you can find me on Instagram and such uh, at the Cobwebs channel. Awesome. That's great. Hell yeah, yeah. Definitely check it out, people, because, uh, yeah, I just really like your your vibe, Daniel, the uh, the way you talk about the movies, the the bringing up movies I've never heard of. And then it's it's actually enlivened in me a, a bit of, you know, wanting to collect physical media again, at least especially in stuff that I really, really enjoy. So, uh, yeah, it's really awesome. Go check that out on YouTube. Uh, check it out on podcast, all that stuff. So thank you again for for being on the show, man. Absolutely, and I'm sorry to your wife that I'm going to make you spend money on <laughs> I know, movies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I it's so funny because I keep getting all these VHS tapes, and she'll be like, "Why are you getting them?" And I'm like, "We can watch them," and it'd be like nostalgia. And she's like, "We're never going to do that." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'll put them up as displays." I don't know; they're amazing. But <laughs> I uh, I have them all over my my room, my house now. Um, I even snuck uh, three VHS tapes onto our kitchen counter because they're the Christmas themed. So nice, uh, yeah. Uh, slowly, I'm I'm branching out into the whole house, suckers. So 
she's she's gonna love that but um yeah uh so yeah definitely go check out daniel uh as for us all the info to contact us is in the show notes as usual instagram seems to be the the best way if you have any questions for us or want to suggest anything you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps five stars is always appreciated and please tell your friends so more people can find us absolutely and Excellent. of course don't forget to follow Steven's channel on YouTube. Oh. What was your uh, your channel name, Steven? A Little Less Profound Films. Yes, and you can watch all three parts of The Haunt is Alive, Steven's short horror film, right there. And uh, go check it out. We talked about it on the last episode. We did an in-depth oh, discussion did. of that. And, uh, yeah. Thank you, so sir. There's there's that. Yeah, go check that out, too. Just be on YouTube. YouTube's yeah. the best. You guys been there? It's great there. <laughs> you can find recipes. You can find car crashes. Oh, God. The works. I feel like recently I've exclusively watched ads. So they're really like <laughs> ripping up production of ads. A lot of ads. Uh, but yeah. Matter of fact, when we, we went to the movies last night and uh, we, you know, they've got like ads that play before the trailer start and everything. My wife and I, we saw this same Starbucks ad twice. Oh, and like cool. bookended a series of ads right there i'm like why why twice why would you why it was the same exact commercial in case it didn't work the first time yeah gotta make sure you go to starbucks that's right brent. i i definitely will not oh, I, was <laughs> <gonna> say, <laughs> I was like brent went after the movie they got you man no not me um, but they did not uh well yeah but uh this was a blast come back next week for uh listening to us talk about uh i almost did it again the uh airborne toxic events such hot blood album uh that we'll be reviewing yes. on there and uh we look forward to that uh daniel again thank you for coming on the show and uh yeah thanks until next time i'm steven i'm brent i'm daniel and let's talk later You know, Brent joked that he uh, needed 10 minutes to get set up, but this is actually the, only the second time Brent's ever used a computer, so this is mm-hmm. actually pretty good for him. <laughs> yeah, usually I just get put in front of a refrigerator and somebody's like, type in what you want to go there. And luckily it's either water or ice cube, so I have a mm-hmm. high success rate, but... At least 50-50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still curious about what this space bar is. I'm like, is, is it a candy bar of some sort? It sounds oh, delicious. That sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it's an establishment at which to drink alcohol. Oh, the space bar. It's a space for a bar. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, I've seen lots of those around. I've seen lots of spaces for bars around. I've heard of those. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've been there once or twice. Do you think astronauts ever get to be shit-faced up in space, you know, just floating around the uh, the space station, inebriated, I just so. risking everything? Right. <laughs> It's going to hit your system pretty quick, right? Like, whether you butt funnel or not, mm-hmm. it's just going to hit your system because you're in zero G. You're going to be lightheaded pretty quick, you know? Uh, I, I would like to try this. Somebody should I make f- that sci-fi movie, people just getting drunk <laughs> in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, Daniel- in space, no one can hear you barf. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> I was going to say, talk about getting shit-faced. You accidentally let something loose, and then it might actually hit you, you know? So you got to be careful <laughs> out there. That's, That's true. the truest danger of all, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, the vomit and or fecal matter takes on yeah. a life of its own. It, like, sneaks through the piping and whatever. Ooh. <laughs> this is a lovely image. I think a great way to, to start slash end the show. Mm, um, enjoy your on, breakfast, listeners. And, and on that note, I want to show you guys something that I uh, a friend forwarded me forwarded me the other day because is I it was, is it pictures of poop, Stephen? Because I, I was just joking. On. I don't want to see that. I, okay, <laughs> you got to rank them. We're gonna put it on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's that time was, of the year. I was talking the other day about um, about getting my fa- my first tattoo. Uh, Brent, you have a few tattoos, right? I'm not sure how many mm-hmm. you have now. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, four, but four. close. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, do you yeah. have any tattoos? I do. I have six. Oh, see, there you go. I'm really lacking behind now. How long have mm-hmm. you have you been had tattoos for a while? Is this a new thing for you? Uh, fairly new. I think I was 23 or 24, okay. something like that. So maybe like five, six years, something like that. Yeah, right on. See, I never, I never got on board. I never found one that I really wanted. And mm-hmm. uh, so we were talking about it the other day, and uh, and after that, a buddy of mine sent me this, which uh, we'll we'll throw up on the thing. Oh. This is a <laughs> that's right Michael up my alley, Myers. right there. <laughs> it's right up right. somebody's alley. Yeah. I know, right? So the Michael Myers in mask, jacket thrown across the shoulder, otherwise nude, with a uh, he has a tattoo of a pumpkin on his butt, which I just think is just beautiful, really. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, I, I hadn't got a tattoo yet, and I feel like it's because I didn't find the perfect one, and now I kind of have. Well, my so. question is, are you getting a tattoo of that image or are you getting a pumpkin on your butt? Oh, man. Or both. Both, right? I think at this point you have to do both. <laughs> <laughs> it's a package deal. Yeah. It's just a good look. Like, it's a pretty, you know, there's like an old Simpsons episode where right, uh, Bart writes on his butt and Lisa's like, wow, I can't believe you did that so legibly. Uh, that's what I, I feel like here. It's like no one else would do that, too. So this is probably his own work. And that's just that's just talent. You know, he is an artist. You see this in the movies where he's like carving people's heads into jack o' lanterns and stuff, you know. So I feel like he he could. He spent some time like he really only comes out during Halloween. He's got 364 extra days in the year. He's just hanging out, eating dogs and drawing on his ass. (laughs) You know, he's got time. I never realized he was like the Halloween uh, Santa Claus. He is like he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake and he'll come kill you back on and have him filled on on Halloween day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what do you he think he's doing down there in the sewer where he's good, hanging out so for years he's gonna on Halloween draw on his butt. <laughs> Sorry, we were both going at the same time. <laughs> I didn't hear a single thing either of you said, but they're right. hilarious. <laughs> Mine wasn't worth hearing, so that's no. okay. <laughs> I'll fix it in the edit. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, what do you think he's doing down there in the sewer where he's hanging out for years on Halloween ends? He knows if you've been bad or good, so he's going to draw on his butt. I love when that happens. But yeah, so this is uh, the new new idea, you know. Um, he, I notice now, too, he's, they, do, uh, they do the eyes right. There's no eyes really there. It's just the blackest yeah. eyes. And then you go down south, mm. and he's got that darkest hole. So either way, you're just winning. You're just winning darkest with his tattoo. <laughs> Michael has a shelf there, you know. You, you could put some books on that bad oh, boy. Oh, wow, okay. I didn't realize. Yeah. He's donked out. Hey, listen, I realize it now, you know. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know for such a long time, but uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. So next question. I'm getting this tattoo. Yeah. Is it a face thing? Obviously, we're going to pump it on the butt. Do I go, mm-hmm. is it like down my neck, you know? 
I, I feel like because you've got some uh, limited real estate because of your beard. True. I feel like if you go uh, oh. cheekbone up to honestly, sky's the limit with your I forehead. Go up. So yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing blocking me there, right? So yeah, you can start with Stevens Peak and then go down to to mid cheekbone with this. You know, curve around and be like a Mike Tyson facial tattoo. A Mike a Michael Myers Mike Tyson facial tattoo. You got a real theme going. Yeah, he's he's got such a like arch in his back. You could really curve that around your eye. I I feel like this is the perfect tattoo for you. Where does his butt land, though, in this scenario? Honestly, dealer's choice at this point, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, I actually do have a pumpkin tattoo. It's not on my butt, though. Oh, well, that's okay. We'll forgive it. But uh, there's time. Is, is it a, a, a the classic Jack Lantern look? What is what is it? Yeah, it's um all my tattoos are on my left arm. I'm trying to sleeve eventually. Oh, but there it yeah. is right there. That's rad. There's a raven on it, but I can't pull my sweater up mm-hmm. that high. Yeah, pull that sweater up, baby. Or just take it off. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time for the full tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Uh, which was your first one? My first one is uh, right here on my forearm, and it's uh, it's a lantern mm-hmm. with two roses. Oh, okay. My favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. tattoo of all time is a traditional red rose. I think it's the best. Yeah. It's the most classic. Um, right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted like two roses and something in the middle. And um, I like the kind of like antique look of that. So, yeah, awesome. It, it fits your whole vibe because you got this like retro you know, like old school movies type of thing going on. So yeah, it totally, totally fits your whole brand. I get it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's pretty rad. Did you have any issues with the color pigment going into your skin? My wife has a, uh, between the two of us, she's the only one that has color tattoos and, uh, the, the red pigment really like irritated her skin and caused her some mm. issues. Did you have any, anything like that with yours? No, I didn't. I mean, uh, tattoos hurt like hell and my pain tolerance <laughs> is not great. So I don't even know how I get through it. But afterwards, no, I've never had any allergic reactions. Um, I only have one tattoo with some minor scarring where just kind of the lines are a little bit, they feel kind of embossed in my skin. Um, oh, wow. But that's really as, as bad as it's gotten. So overall, no, I've, I've haven't had issues. Have you ever been okay. branded? Yes, actually. <laughs> Only when I was a kid, you know, that was basically how my parents punished us. Oh, sure. <laughs> they were great. Like good, good folks. Good folks. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. We deserved it. Well, look, if he ever like found his way off the farm, the people that found him would know where to return him to, you know, has that brand oh, on his butt. True. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's just smart of your parents. It's like they before they had leashes for kids or. Yeah. You know, like yeah. uh, Apple Watches or what, what have you. It's the equivalent of writing one's name inside their underwear is what that is. That's just <laughs> that's just how we do it in the South, you know. That's you what wrote, we do. Wrote it inside their underwear or burned it on their skin. Either way, just parenting. It's, it's the same thing, you yeah. know. Britain, yeah. I don't have children. Yeah, the South never changes. We really love branding. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Also, I'm not actually from the South. <laughs> But it makes it sound you, you kind of honorary if you get branded, though, which is nice. So. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you're in the club. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from originally? Originally, I'm actually from Oregon. But my family, when I was oh, eight okay. years old, my family moved from there to Missouri. The south of the north. I, mm. I, I don't know, honestly. Bend, Oregon? <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. My, my cousin mm-hmm. lives in Bend. That's beautiful. Oh, cool. there. Bend, Oregon yeah. is actually the location of the last blockbuster. Fun fact. I've heard that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they still open? 
Uh, last I heard, I feel like it would be heard, all over yeah. Twitter if they closed down. So I, I think probably not. It's like the last thing. It fit. It fits so well there. Uh, that kind of I don't know. It's like they're stuck in the '90s. You know, like they talk talk about in Portlandia and stuff. <laughs> I don't it's think like, I've been there uh, since the 90s, so that works. Yeah. <laughs> it's never changed. <laughs> but you're in Missouri now, is that correct? I am, yeah, yeah central Missouri. Awesome. Okay, yeah, so you're pretty close. You had a video the other day of uh, you went to, like, Vintage Stock, and you were like, Vintage Stock is all over mm-hmm. our, my state. And I was like, I was trying to figure out where you were because I was like, we have at least one Vintage Stock in, in Tulsa oh, when I grew up there. Uh, but I don't know if we have like multiples in, in Oklahoma, but I was like, oh, I know that place. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, I used to go there a lot. We have a yeah, lot. We've got yeah, multiple yeah. up here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, it seems like more maybe like a Missouri thing. But yeah, I knew of one in Tulsa. But Brent, you're saying we have a, a few or you have a few up there. Yes. Yeah, we've got one here in uh, Broken Arrow where I live. To, I guess I'm doxing myself. And then yeah. uh, we've got a few in, in Tulsa as well. So, yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of spread out. But uh, it is kind of weird when you walk in there because like there's no real like universal layout for a vintage stock it's just like we've got all this shit sometimes we're just going to cram it all into one Mm -hmm. tiny space and then other times it's real like spread out but uh yeah it's like if you like physical media uh you can go there and and scoop up some good stuff for uh fairly cheap yeah you can it it can be tough to find some good stuff um and a lot of times the good stuff is just new not used in which case you're probably not going to get a deal Mm. Uh, right. But, mm-hmm. you know, it can be like a, a treasure hunt, find a needle in a haystack. And I've definitely gotten lucky there for sure. All right. Get Hell lucky yeah, in a Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Brent, was there a sync word out of that for you? Um, how about uh, Michael Myers' ass tattoo? Excellent. That's a lot of about, sync perfect. words. <laughs> <laughs> sync phrase. See, we do this to ourselves a lot. The sync word alone is not really that helpful anymore. It was an early idea that we are like we've stuck with now, and it has become mm-hmm. phrases more often than not. And so mm-hmm. it's, it really doesn't help, but it's uh, you know it's part of the shtick. So <laughs> uh, how about we uh, we shorten it to uh, Michael Myers ass tat? There ass we tat. go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like four syllables is is keeping it. Uh, concise i love yeah, it sounds good cool all right, all right. so michael myers we will ass sink. tat okay michael myers ass tat mm-hmm. okay. okay to sink on three one two three michael, michael myers, myers ass, ass tat ass tat <laughs> hence, That's hard. hence the sink word you can see it obviously yeah. flowed really well for all of us to <laughs> <laughs> lp